Hey everybody, welcome back to The Producers. Uh, this week's episode is Brandon Beswick. Uh, you find Brandon doing stand-up or improv all over Richmond. Uh, very funny, made a really good time. Uh, plugs, uh, go check out Trash Bang's YouTube. Check out rvacomedy.com for information on the Coalition Theater. Uh, rvpodcast.org for information on the network. If you have a show idea or a show and you want to be a part of this, just shoot us some sort of email or something. Uh, check out DJ Skinoy. He's got a lot of cool stuff coming out, and he has put out a lot of cool stuff this year, so check that out. Cool. I think that's pretty much it, uh, and I want to get into this as fast as possible, so here we go. Is over. We got that out of the way early. Oh, man. I won't wear headphones this whole time. Um, how are you? I'm good. So I've been introducing my guests now. It's a new thing for me, so I've mentioned it still. You are Brandon Beswick. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm your host, Jonathan Mastoey. Uh, how are you, man? I'm good. What a spread we have here. This is, this is uh, intimidating. I'm going to take a picture for the social media real quick. Perfect. All right. This is, this is quite a lot. This is quite a lot. I'm very feel free to feel free to let everyone know if you want to. Oh uh, well, I just brought some tequila and other party favors Ooh. of note. Um, but I, my fiance, um, she works in travel wholesale, and she went to Mexico and got this fancy tequila for me. So oh, I boy, I would bring it over here and share it with you. And you brought glasses and everything. Yeah, I'm a I'm I'm weird. <laughs> No, I uh, one of my my favorite episode was uh, Scott Beckett. He brought glasses and well, he left them, but I don't expect that treatment. I have my own shot glass. Um, <laughs> I I feel like we just have to start up yeah, top. With a, yeah, with a shot, right? I feel like that's the way to go. We uh, yeah, tease it. You can't just yeah. not. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna close the window. Uh, this is a uh, tequila revolution, a blanco tequila. Shout out to my fiance Nina Wise, big ups. Uh, <laughs> thanks for the tequila. It's got a fancy stopper in it, uh, and it makes me feel like uh, a real gentleman. Ooh, it pours. It, you pour like a gentleman. That's well, insane. You. It's, you know, I did uh, four years boarding school in New Haven. Just <laughs> kidding. Never, <laughs> never been there. Got to make sure you clear that up top, people. Uh, yeah, listen, I, I don't want a Bob Lazar situation where they're looking for my records and they don't—they aren't there. <laughs> no one will ever find Bob Lazar again. <laughs> I a- love UFOs. I brought a bag full of flying <laughs> wishes because I'm either a soccer mom or a drunk or a little bit of both. <laughs> this. All right, well... Uh, to good fortune uh, and to a wonderful podcast. Cheers, cheers, man. Oh, 
Oh, that's definitely tequila. Yep, can confirm. Oh, well, that makes me feel like an American. That's a good thing. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so um, uh, off the top, I know you from improv. Yes. Uh, Most people who listen to this know you from stand-up. I don't even know. I want to. So when I so with the show, like it's it's based on creativity. Mm-hmm. We can get into whatever you want. Don't, you don't have to feel the need to stay on track. That's my job. Okay. Um, but what was what? One of the questions I like to ask is, what was like your first creative moment? What was like the first thing that really you got into? You put work into? It made sense. Um, so growing up, my dad would brag all the time about how he was the king of electric football. Uh-huh. Uh, do you yeah. know uh, what? Yes. Right? Okay, the little board with the players. Yeah, you- it vibrates. It's a metal, like aluminum board that vibrates, <laughs> and uh, there's players. Um, and people think it's just you put them on the board and they just go and go wherever, and it's whatever. My dad was like a head, uh, and like was obsessed with the stuff as a kid. Mm-hmm. And you can buy kits, um, and the the bottoms of the players are interchangeable for a reason because different. Uh, brush patterns mean different directions that the players will go. Yep. So if you have a roster with all of your numbers, with which way they're moving, you can set up plays. You can set up the actual play. And be like, I'm going to run the ball to the right because I know number 73 blocks to the right every time, so I'm going to put him here and, yep. this, and do all this stuff. So, just like you would draw up a regular exactly, NFL play. Exactly. Um, but uh, only with a board that just goes... <laughs> and you sit there with your brother, like, watching the play, beat watching. this motherfucker. Is it also the quarterback you have to do, like, a little now, bendy flick? Yes. Now, if you want to throw the ball like a show-off... Sure. Like a show-off. But, like, I feel like because the balls were beige... Uh, and in the 90s, it was um, mandatory that you had a beige carpet uh, that, uh, <laughs> like, those, we lost more fucking footballs on the carpet. How many did they come with? Oh, it was like six. Oh, they were and, gone. Oh, First especially because, like, my brother was, like, the king of always try the biggest thing. Like, whenever we play video games. Deep yeah, exactly. And on, It's fourth and 19, but he's going for it. All yeah, yeah. goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially when he was younger. He got keen to that quick and stop doing that shit but in the beginning especially with electric football he would just bank them into the fucking the carpet <laughs> and then it would get real tense while we all looked for, <laughs> for 10 minutes but so my dad would brag all the time and we used to get send away catalogs for like all sorts of random shit and one of them was for electric football for some reason and you could order a blank set uh, and then using model paints, um, paint them up and make them your own team. Okay. So, like, I got uh, a set and I made my own team. And my brother had made his own team. And we were, like, in hopes to beat my dad. Uh, mm-hmm. So that was, like, the first time where I was, like, ooh, I get to do something that isn't, um, like, forced school creativity. Yeah, making your own team, you mean? Yeah, yeah, getting to, like, design the jerseys. And then, like, do, you know, because you got your whole box. So it's got, like, different, um, in terms of the the movement for all the different people, like setting up how many people I want to be able to do different things. Yeah, and, who's a blocker, who's a runner. Exactly. Kind of so yeah, it was yeah. like a, it was a, it was, yeah. I would say that's the first time I was like, ooh, hi, control. <laughs> yeah, this is my vision. I'm going to run this playbook. We're looking just like the Florida Gators. <laughs> is that what you went with? Mm-hmm. I'm not great with colors. So I was like, well, I know orange. 
I know blue. And we're in it now to win it. <laughs> Did you ever beat your dad? Uh, no. He had pieces from the 70s, so they were made of like tin and three times the size of the modern day pieces. They were huge. It was very unfair. Uh, and we beat him in a lot of stuff, but I don't think we ever beat him in electric football. Could you beat him now? No. He's a psycho. <laughs> and I mean that in the nicest way. Like, he's an obsessive. So like the, he still plays. He still no. I said. doubt if. He, but if I was like, I challenge you to a, a a match. He would spend the next two weeks like every night brushing up, yeah. getting his players ready. Yeah, yep. reading some weird book that he found. Yeah, or wrote or something. God knows what. Uh, no, I don't. I hope he's not writing books. If that's the case, then we have a lot to talk about. <laughs> oh, shit about electric football. Dad, you live a secret life. <laughs> they call me Buzz Beswick because of the sound of the board. <laughs> <laughs> that would absolutely be his name. That would absolutely be the name. Um, okay, so that's a good one. Yeah. What's like, a, I guess, one that people would expect? What one that relates more to what you're known for? Because <clears throat> I feel like I feel like that's like a fun one. That's like a the, a situational one, and that's like a sparking it. But I guess maybe let's tie it more into like, like stand up wise. I um, guess, or being funny, or being. Um, I mean, I just always quick. got, I was always funny in school cause I was a fat, weird, sweaty kid. So like sink or swim, baby. So uh, I had to be funny. I, I just sank and yeah, I mean, listen, I, there was some years where it was more sinking than swimming <laughs> and, and you go home and you watch kids in the hall and you really hone down on what, what funny is. See, that's the thing I feel like I'm missing with not watching movies is I feel like I'm less funny because of it. So I... Tried to I would like try to get in as much uh, of the podcast before I came here. Oh, okay. Um, so uh, and I scrolled on the, on the way here. Well, like, yeah, yeah. About like um, when I parked the car. <laughs> but no. So like last night, uh, I started listening to Joe's most recent episode, uh-huh. and I noticed that it seems like you didn't watch movies. And I was actually going to ask you about that. Why? Why didn't you watch movies? So for me, I think part of it was like I played sports, so I didn't have a lot of time. Um, and so I just there was a lot of time that wasn't available for movies. Right, right, right. I mean, I still watched them then, but then as I got older, I kind of wanted to watch them with someone. Right, and right, I realize right. now, like, have an experience with that movie. Yeah. Like, it is a very like very lonely thing to watch a bunch of movies. Sure, and I think I'm more more speaking towards good movies. Sure. Uh, for example, when I saw The Departed for the first time, mm-hmm. I was watching it with a super fan who had things they wanted me to know so that I would stay caught up. Right. And I did, and I really appreciated that so much more. Some movies I'm happy to watch, or, or like if you're watching it with, the first, uh, with someone else for the first time. Right, right. I saw uh, Friday the 13th with Gretchen for the first time, and it was so fun. It's a great movie. Yeah. So, like, I'm kind of... Coming kinda, around? Well, I am, because I am watching more things, but I feel like I'm watching more things because I'm interacting with people it. and doing it, and, right. yeah, right. with yeah, yeah. someone. Saw my first Tarantino like movie in theaters the other day. Uh, Not a fan. I don't know. I don't know. I, I let, let's 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 reduce it specifically to notable directors, sure, whose works are something that I haven't seen. Sure. I saw uh, Jackie Brown. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like a, a teenager or something. And yeah. I loved it, but I didn't know it was his movie. Right. So when I saw that movie, I was like, oh, my first one. And then he's like, Jackie Brown. I'm like, oh. Well, and, and I don't know. I feel like that's, I don't know. If it, all of his movies are <laughs> just genre pieces. Like they, he yeah. just plays in a genre, which is fun, but I don't know. I don't know. I'm, huh, my attention span is so destroyed. Uh, I cannot watch like more than 30 minutes of something. 
like uh-huh. stand-up specials. I have not watched a full stand-up special in three years. I haven't. Like, I can't. Is Why? There, I don't know. Is it? Is it? Is it? Is it just some attention span reason, or yeah. can I can I pull a creative reason out? Of I them? mean, you could. I, there might be creative reasons. I mean, there's definitely things that I get like I'm like, well, I would, you know, like I don't want to watch more than thirty minutes of this. This isn't worth watching more well, kind of thing. So I feel like the it never gets to that point. It's more that okay, okay. So I start going creative. down like wormholes, especially with stand up, where mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, that's cool. That's a funny way to look at that. And then I'm thinking mm-hmm. about something else, and I miss the next five ten minutes, and I'm like, oh, where am I now in this? Yes. Okay. So it's so maybe it's less about uh, maybe being a critique and not just of comedy, but of anything like yeah, yeah. like oh, this is not good. I don't want to watch this. But more of like uh, they, they can't hold you. It can't keep you. Yeah. They keep getting distracted. Well, and I want to do. I want to go make. I'd rather go not just poop, but actually go make. Uh, like do do something. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. opposed to just <clears throat> watching it. Um, well, I mean, yeah, that is, I mean, you're literally, again, especially with stand-up, that you're watching your, what you do. Yeah. And it's like, your, your whole, the whole thing you do with that is, yeah, you, you create, you, you think. Yeah. And this is getting you thinking. This is good Yeah, it's just like, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's like watching porn, and then you don't, you're not having any other, uh, you know, bone town zone time. And you're like, what's, what's the deal? Clock and spiel? Zone time. Um, what? <laughs> you know, that classic <laughs> phrase, you ask your partner, <laughs> Uh, what's the deal, Glockenspiel? And then they look at you upset that they decided to sign a lease with you. Is it Glockenspiel like some kind of xylophone? Yeah, I think it's wooden. I think it's the wooden version, I believe. It's wooden with like a big mallet. Big the xylophone is metal, maybe. <laughs> maybe a vibraphone is like bone. I don't know. <laughs> no. I don't know. More like vibraphone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, you writing for College Humor? <laughs> vibraphone. <laughs> Putting that out. Great video. <laughs> We're only one shot of tequila. I know, in. right? This is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, <clears throat> transition then. Um, how's improv going? Oh, uh, my God. A lot of fun. Um, <laughs> uh, the team has been like it's perfect. I feel like everyone on that team gels really well. You're on, yeah, no. With I realized um, I did Joe recently. I did Nolan recently, mm-hmm. you now, mm-hmm. Anthony's done it twice, I did Nathan a long time ago, and then I think Emma and I are going to do it too. Uh, get a lot of yeah, no on the on the podcast. We're, we're a fun bunch. Uh, don't forget uh, Nadia. Um, you got to get her on here too. She, I have never met her. <laughs> she is amazing. Honestly, so like um, everyone in the group, I feel like has been so... So warm because like I so I've done improv before. Mm-hmm. I was in Rich Girls Comedy and like basically it was just kind of a way for us to do improv to lead into stand up mm-hmm. or vice versa. You know to have a fuller show because we were all relatively new at stand up like three to five years in, so we didn't have like an hour and a half of stand up, but we had like a solid thirty to forty, and then a solid we could do forty minutes of like improv games who's or something. Line, exactly, just yeah, who's yeah. line games and dum dum stuff. Um, so I did that, uh, and then I auditioned 
the last go or two two times before and didn't didn't get a call back and then missed the second the last one or the one before this one and then made it on this time um, and I was I was terrified because I don't because like with I don't know with with stand up uh, everyone can be real snarky and that's just I get that like that's part of how entertainment in general works everyone's got something to say everyone's got something that they want to do and everyone wants to do it and it's a next man up or next excuse me next person up type of situation Mm -hmm. so it that's how it is uh but i was like i worked myself into a a fear (laughs) for the first like three practices um just of like oh god i hope they don't hate my god because you're a stand-up? Well, because, like, here's a loud stand-up, and I know that, like, mm-hmm. the worst thing, like, I, I didn't know much about improv, but I know the worst thing I can do in improv is come in and be like, I'm going to find the punch, and I'm going to do the punch, because mm-hmm. that doesn't help anyone else but yourself. Yeah. Uh, and that's, like, the antithesis of what improv seems to be. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. I think I got myself really worked up about that, and everybody was so fucking sweet and so, like open to helping me yeah and it was like i don't know it was really good we came in with the right mindset i mean i guess the i remember when when teams were made and i was like trying to figure out who the people i didn't know were mm-hmm. i was I, I did genuinely have thought i'm like oh is he gonna have a stand-up mentality or not and see, well that's what <laughs> scares me uh the most it's okay you can make noise. okay i'm sorry i'm trying not to make noise um <laughs> no they get they get the full experience whatever happens here happens <laughs> and as i always say if you want to see what happens you got to come to the live show <laughs> you got to be here for the podcast <laughs> but yeah it's like uh i don't know man improv is scary because you have no control like in the way that you do with stand-up like mm-hmm. if i go and bomb at stand-up i can i can blame the crowd sure uh, but it's my material. It was my timing. It's my cross Present- the bear. presentation. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And like with improv, it's everybody collectively, and it just feels like I, I, I I'm good at letting myself down. <laughs> I don't like to let the team down. Yeah, you yeah. feel like a dick. So like I don't know. It's important to come correct in that situation. I've uh, if I'm taking this as seriously as we all are, so we all have a good time. Mm-hmm then the team's important and this is how I approach it. And so I want to make sure that I'm bringing it and I'm newer. So yeah, that's a scary. scary. Well, I don't know. Hasn't, hasn't really shown you crushed it. Thank you. <laughs> Listen, I'm flying by the seat of my pants and they're really big pants. <laughs> Touchdown. <laughs> Touchdown. Oh, <laughs> not happy with that one. Let's go. Yeah. In, let's go into the into the helmet mic and see what he has to say. Uh, Brandon, what happened on that last one? Um, last joke. A lot of CTE from uh, football, um, skateboarding, and uh, early uh, teen alcoholism. <laughs> so, um, just biffed it. Sorry, you know, just just biffed it, coach. <laughs> and back to the booth. Da 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 da. We brought Dennis Miller back. Isn't it crazy, babes? All right. Um, <laughs> I'm really good at impressions. <laughs> impressions are one of my favorite things. Oh, I love voices. You do good voices. You have like the good facial inflections for it. Those are the two. Those are two big important things on impressions. <sighs> What's your best impression? Um, I don't know. I do a lot of Baltimore accent a lot. Sure. Like a, uh, I've been to Baltimore. Baltimore. Uh, you know, um, I love some water. Uh, Kids are driving me darn crazy constantly. 
Oh, that's a crab cake? Okay. <laughs> you're, you're fussing with me now at this point, all right? Because you must be Josh. Hi. Pleased to meet you. Okay. <laughs> Go Ravens. Um, Ugh, I'm grossed out by that. Yeah? I'm a Steelers fan. Oh. Wolf. Oh, you from Baltimore? No, uh, no, no, no. I'm a Giants fan, so it really doesn't matter. Oh, yeah. My mom's a Giants fan. We got two. I got two rings in my uh, adult I, life, yeah. or young adult life, rather. So I'm, I'm good. Basically saying. I'm good. It's fine. Yeah, you're, you're spoiled. <laughs> Am I? Yeah. We just look at those Steelers. You basically can stop anyone from getting charged with any crime because <laughs> you're the Steelers. Yeah. He's a gentleman and a wonderful quarterback. <laughs> okay. Well. <laughs> He's my favorite player on the field. <laughs> How about off the field? <laughs> well, I don't count him as a human because at that point he's really more of a monster. Um, <laughs> oh, the NFL is very problematic. Yeah, yeah, but that uh, Bill Burr bit, I think, is like it, you. This person's job is to hurt people. Their his job is their job is to get up and hurt people, and it's hard to turn off your job sometimes. The rest of us have like normal jobs where if we don't turn it off, people are like shut up. I don't want to hear about you know like coding or I don't want to hear about. Uh, funding for whatever or how you deal with accounting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when your job is to, like, slam people, it's hard. It's hard. I mean, it's not an excuse, but it's also, like... It's hard not slam. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this HGH has got me going crazy, Doc. I'm pretty sure I killed uh, the doorman at my building. I can't remember. I don't know. I woke up with my shirt ripped and my hands were covered, and I think, cat's blood? Um... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's a, I don't know. Football's weird. I have transitioned over the past five years to basketball almost entirely. I'm, really? Yeah, I'm done. Pretty done with football. Mm. Um, I don't know. I played a lot as a kid. I played mm-hmm. all the way up until 11th grade or 10th grade. I stopped. I didn't play 11th, 12th grade because I smoked too much pot. Ooh. Then I was like, I don't. I have. I have a whole bit about it in my stand-up. If you guys want to come check me out, I'll be at the. Uh, somewhere at some point, and then another place also as well. <laughs> Perfect. Go check out those shows. Uh, right. Anytime, you know, I'll be there. <laughs> They're paying an exposure and free quesadillas. I am probably booked on that show. <laughs> Is there somewhere that does that? Uh, well, we used to do the Rahaha, where they would uh, pay us in um, in food. They would put out plates of nachos. <gasps> And like it was like just a, not even like your own plate. Just here's a couple plates. Correct. It was a wrestling <laughs> debate show at um, uh, awesome. Banditos, ah! uh, and uh, the guy would put out. It was. I mean, it was great if you got there early and you munched out on nachos. It was great if you got there early. You had to eat them before you went on. Well, yeah, yeah. And then I think they took them away like twenty minutes before they the show. took them away. Yeah, it was all in the same room. I mean, yeah, but it's. I mean, venues, man. What do you? <sighs> it's different. Fine, fine. And especially with stand up. I always feel like we used to do shows with rich girls uh, at Gallery 5 for nothing. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I always do free shows. So. That's what I'm saying, man. Yeah. I guess the thought is if they're paid. Well, okay, so there's this whole debate like being paid and stuff. I feel like if you are if you are worthy of being paid and you are being paid, they should at minimum give you your own booth and let you like just get something. Yeah. Get a thing. Yeah. Everyone can get one thing. Yep. Yeah. I mean, again, if, 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 if we're agreeing that I'm going to pay you in food and that was the deal, 
Give him your own fucking booth. <laughs> Give him your own booth. Let him get the burger. It's fine. It's not Burger Tuesday, but... Is this okay? This is okay. What is the deal with talking about this? Um, I think it's up to you. I mean, I don't... I haven't really yet, I guess. Uh, it kind of came up a little bit in Phil's. I kind of... If you want to keep it secret so the listeners don't know what's happening... Uh-huh. And this feels like maybe the start of our own conspiracy. Uh, you ever heard of uh, chaos magic before? Oh, can we get into it? <laughs> I don't know much. Uh, I am happy to get into any conspiracy theory. They are so <laughs> fun. <laughs> um, so uh, everyone knows that Hillary Clinton killed Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> okay, you got weird. That was a joke. Just, cal- <laughs> just calm down. Hey, calm down. Hey. <laughs> that man was never alive. He was a hologram. We all know he was a hologram. He is part of a Quaker-based conspiracy. Uh huh. To it's not ch- not pedophilia, elderphilia. Okay. What they're doing is they're passing around our seniors, pre-boomers is what we call them. <laughs> the pre-boomers. The pre-boomers are in big trouble, and <laughs> with the help of AARP and QAnon. Uh, we too can help President Trump, whatever, whatever. I don't know. Something. I watch those a lot of CNN and it drives me fucking crazy. I, uh, I think that's another thing that why well, I'm not funny is because I don't watch a lot of news. Do you think that relates to how funny someone is? I think being exposed to things. I think it's being exposed to new things and having a wealth of knowledge. And when you don't experience certain parts of media, I think you're out of touch. Because a lot of people keep up with media and find media funny. So if you make a reference, I'm sure people died at all those jokes. And I'm just sitting here like, oh, okay, yeah. So <laughs> let them finish it because someone will like it. Nathan Bemis is the king of the reference. Uh-huh. With having him in Yeah, No has been so much fun because he'll say random things. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that is from that episode of that weird show that had two seasons on Adult Swim. Oh, are you someone who can go toe-to-toe on the ref game with uh, Mr. Beam? I don't know if anyone can go toe-to-toe, but I certainly like to play up in the treetops with them. Oh, you're climbing trees. Hey, um, some of us are down here at the bottom. Some of us are still digging. Hey, listen, the uh, rainforest ecological zones each have their own value and concurrency with other zones, therefore, in the bio biosphere. You see, the biosphere cannot exist with every zone performing in the same way. They each need to contribute in their own way. Some are smaller than others. Like Legos stuck together forever, these biomes make up the greater rainforest saturation. (laughs) I know words and I graduated from a public school. My senior year, I dressed up in a lot of costumes and admittedly almost failed English because I tried to write my final paper on the movie The World According to Garp, uh, the Robin Williams film, because uh, I found out it was also a novel. Garp? Yeah, 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 yeah. Never never even heard of it. Very strange movie about a man who uh, his wife, uh, he's a, a teacher. Um, his wife and him have some children. She is, oh no, she's, sorry, she's the teacher. Uh, she's, he's a writer. Um, 
she starts stepping out with one of her students or one of her grad students. Uh, and at one point, Robin Williams and the kids crash into her while she's performing fellatio on her lover uh, at the bottom of their driveway, uh, killing one of their children, injuring another, and um, uh, castrating the man all at the same time. Oh. Um, that leads to this whole thing where they have to go live with Robin Williams' mom on a farm who's a huge feminist and has like uh, a trans woman living with her who's played by... Um, uh, John, Vo- no, not John Voight. Although that would be an amazing <laughs> casting decision to put John Voight <laughs> as a trans woman in a 1987 movie with Robin Williams. Um, I feel like it's 87. I could be wrong about that. Uh, but it's um, Third Rock from the Sun. Um, the main guy, bald guy, he's the voice in. There's a zero percent. Yeah, then you're going to get this. Get this. Uh, yeah. uh, I, I made the faces like I was like really trying. I know. You, I was like, he's going into some kind of encyclopedia in there. <laughs> it's, um, it's more of like a John TV Lithgow, guy, like a program. Uh, so John Lithgow plays an ex uh, Eagles player who uh, has transitioned and is now living with this ultra feminist um, on a farm, and like they're speaking and doing all these engagements. And Robin Williams is there, like trying to rekindle his marriage and blah 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 blah. Uh, and then his mom is assassinated um, because of her feminist beliefs it's a wild it's a wild fucking that's not the whole movie there's more i think that's how it ends i can't remember how it ends (laughs) i think his mom is assassinated and it's like him coming to terms with that and i think speaking on her behalf at like her funeral and that's like the the ending of it is him like expressing his profound like love and like um like difficult relationship with his mother and like it's it's very it's there's not a moment where you're like ah a climax to this movie like it's just tragedy after tragedy besets this family um the world according to garb wonderful can can i also just go back and confirm i heard correctly she was cheating on him yeah and blowing the dude in their driveway yeah yeah and while pulling into the house with kids in the car okay sorry let me let me rephrase so the family has a tradition where like they have they live at the bottom of a hill and what the dad will do when he's driving the car home with everyone in it, he does this thing where they call it, like, spaceship or something. And he turns off the car and rides it down the hill, and it glides perfectly at the end of the driveway. Right? Like, it's like a little thing he does, and the kids are all like, yay, yay, At the yay. end of the driveway. Right. So if, if there was a car in the way, let's just say. And so the wife was out with her lover, uh, the one she's been cheating on. They come back to the house. She's trying to break it off with him. You know, basically, he talks her into giving her give, performing oral sex on her in a very like 1980s movie way, where he's like, "Come on, babe," or like some dumb shit, you know. Okay. And, uh, oh yeah. well, I guess that that's just that's one time. Uh, and mm. then um, cut to the kids coming home with the dad, and he's always like, he's already knows that something's up with his wife because she's been weird lately. So he's been weird today. Yeah, but he's with the kids, so he's yeah. really trying to have a good. Yep. Day. All right, let's spaceship, just do this. Spaceship. Let's, we'll do we'll do spaceship we'll do spaceship and boom then, one kid dead boom other kids jaws broken forever boom uh another child traumatized boom my wife literally almost swallowed some other guy's penis probably did who knows i mean she's basically a cannibal now that's uh, called long long pork i believe <laughs> human meat is called long pork is that true? I believe so. Long pork. Yeah. Uh, to quote Polly Shores in the army now, a suck on this a one time. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a direct quote? Oh, you bet your ass it's a fucking direct quote. As Polly the man, Polly the weasel, sure. <laughs> that was quite a... Uh, 
a quotation. It's a good one, man. Polly, quote the man. Polly the weasel, quote sure. <laughs> He's a weasel. Uh... He did the voice on the Goofy movie, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. The Leaning Tower of Cheesa. <laughs> <laughs> I love Polly Shore. That was a big influence in my life growing up, which probably says a lot about the person that I am today. Mm-hmm. Nepotism and like bad jokes is what. <laughs> Thank you, Mitzi. Was he like someone who actually inspired you? Like actively, like yeah. this is my guy. Yeah, um, Biodome is possibly my top five movies all time. Uh, in a b- very sad admission by Brandon Best. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm just doing the headlines for the people at the magazine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, Stephen Baldwin, uh, Polly Shore. Uh, they do you know about Biodome? No. Okay. Uh, it's are we doing? Are we going to describe this movie okay, too? Perfect. Yes. Yeah, I'm here for I'm, it. Listen, <laughs> we are in it to win it. There's a cameo by uh, Tenacious D in this movie. Um, what year was this? Ninety six. Okay. 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 Four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's before, definitely before Mister Show. Yeah. So. Um, and I don't know if they're tenacious, but it's the both of them at a college playing music. Uh, but the idea is it's two uh, losers, quote, unquote, uh, Bud and Doyle. Um, their uh, girlfriends really love the environment, but they're a bit of couch potatoes. So they don't want to do any environmental stuff because it's the mid-90s, and that's lame. Uh-huh. So um, they fake an injury to get out of having to do, like, uh, some kind of like in garbage pickup um, and their girlfriends find out and get mad at them. So while they're driving around uh, to try to figure out a way to do something that uh, uh, is good for the environment, uh, they have to pee uh, and they pull off into what they believe to be a mall. Uh, but it's a science experiment called the biodome where five scientists have dedicated to live the next year isolated in this big dome with all these different environments. Uh, huh. And they get stuck in there with them. And the whole movie is these two idiots stuck in a, a big dome with a bunch of scientists. And they're trying to have fun. And the scientists want them to be there? Like no, they're okay the with it? No, scientists want them out. But, but they keep escaping. No, they're stuck in there. Escaping the scientists. Trying no, to catch the them? scientists know they're there. Uh, the, it's that once they close the doors, everything's set for a year. And like it's so much is in the funding for the biodome. So they can't. They're just, no, they're the just investors there, are like, we're going for a year. And they're like, great, an opportunity to prove to our girlfriends... We care about the environment. Ah, uh, okay. That's called okay. Joseph Campbell's The Art of Storytelling. Gotcha. Classic character arc or something that Pete Holmes would talk about for an hour. Oh, um, oh. <laughs> a reference close to my heart. <laughs> but yeah, so solid movie. Uh, it's two stoners. Uh, there's actually a point where they're uh, proposing to grow what they call purple sticky punch plant, which is cannabis. Uh, and I didn't know that until I was much older. Ah. Uh, and they're giving this whole thing where they're like, um, not only is it good for rope and fuel, like it makes for a great party. And I was like, well, that sounds like a great plant as a kid. <laughs> it's so functional. It's why don't we have purple sticky punch everywhere? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so is there is there one iconic movie? I mean, you said Biodome's like your favorite, but is there one? I guess the other one. You can drop to hmm. give me a third. Yeah, well, like, um, no, um, uh, so, <sighs> iconic movie, like comedy or just like movie overall? I mean, Half-Baked is up there for me. I bought that when I was in seventh grade from Plan 9 Records, the VHS. 
Um, and I went home and I watched it and I didn't smoke weed. Uh, I wouldn't smoke weed till like my freshman year of high school. Um, but I proceeded to talk like Jim Brewer for like six months and my dad wanted to kill me. I was like, yeah, uh, uh, what? Fuck? Huh? Like, yeah, fully man. And like all that dumb, I don't know. I just huh? did the worst possible Jim Brewer impression. Um, <laughs> just now under immense pressure. I mean, this is there's no pressure there's a lot of pressure this gun doesn't mean anything oh. it's like, like a red dot on your forehead it's like check off do the, the joke just do the impression just do the impression i don't know <laughs> but yeah um half baked is definitely up there mm-hmm. uh i remember watching movies about pot before i knew what pot was yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Yep. i watched harold and kumar go to white castle before i had any idea what pot was you're 27 and I watched that when I was like fifteen. And you didn't know what pot was when you were fifteen? No, I, I grew up. Dare? I grew up in St. George, Utah. Oh shit! Oh well, that's very different then. Explain explains a little bit more about my background. I'm yeah. sure. I mean, I was wondering why you have six girlfriends, but it's ah. really your choice to make. <laughs> Not that part of Utah. <laughs> Although we did see them at the Walmart every time we went. Yeah. The Walmart. Are you Mormon? Were you no. Raised, no. Were you a Christian? Nope. Uh, anything? I Were you just ready to go to hell. You just- <laughs> <laughs> I came out ready. Um, no, I grew up. I grew up Catholic. Oh, woof. So yeah, yeah, there you go. But I never. I didn't really go too far. Like I did the you, communion. You, okay, you didn't get confirmed. I think that was the. I was working out towards that, and then I just stopped you need going. A fancy necklace and a fake name, so you can fool the FBI while you're talking to the Pope for all your secrets. We know what you do. Ooh, I did get the name. It's not. A, it's not. It's not like a legal official name, but I did get it. We all know that uh, as a wasp. Um, we all know that you're lying, you Catholics. <laughs> I'm Methodist, or was what I was raised. So you're like a method actor? That's what I do. A lot of times, I like to wake up and then drag a cross across town. <laughs> Being, you know, ridiculed by my my peers, <laughs> jeered on by an all crowd. I need my peers to jeer me. Classic email. All right, let me get this out. <laughs> Subject, peers to jeer. Hello, exclamation point. Um, no, please keep going. Wait, Hello, this- peers. Parentheses. That's right. We're peers. Winky face emoji. <laughs> Close parentheses. It's that time of year again. Old Brandy Boo is feeling a little down and out. He needs your help being jeered by, of course, parentheses, his peers. Remember, don't throw hard things. Period. Talk soon with date and time. Sincerely, your false savior, Brandon Beswick. Can't wait. Uh, is that the same date and time we'll be at uh, that place? Yeah, in that show. Yep, yep. It's a, actually it'll be a conflict for people. You'll have to choose one or the other. <laughs> but you'll be at. I will be at both. <laughs> <laughs> but for you, they will take tabs, and it will be determined. Uh, and if you have been to one of those shows and try to go to the second, they will judge you, and you will be found wanting. <laughs> um, okay. New palate cleanser question. What's your go-to breakfast? Eggs, uh, three fried eggs, just all the way through. Yeah, wow. Salt, pepper, that's it. It's gross. Up answer. So right now there's two things I eat. That or Ezekiel bread, peanut butter, banana, honey on top. Damn. You go, you go all out. Damn, man. It's the most important meal of the day, and I'm fat, so <laughs> got to get them cows in. 
I've always just done coffee. Maybe really? bagel. How do you do that? Don't you buy like nine thirty? Isn't your stomach like, dear Christ, help, <laughs> help us? I've never, I've never been a big breakfast person. I have a big lunch and then I have like a late dinner. Oh, you're so Greek. That's what it feels like. I feel, yeah. like, the, I feel like the Greeks don't eat breakfast. I've got some. I feel like I've got some Greek influence. My godfather was Greek. Yeah? yeah. That's a genetic... That's a... Right there. A genetic bridge you've connected. <laughs> <laughs> Put a tree on the leaf, ancestry! <laughs> it's a culture thing. It's how you're raised. <laughs> so I call everyone Stavos. Uh, <laughs> I only eat yogurt. It's just very thick. Very... Gogurt, an abomination in my home. A sipping yogurt? <laughs> guffaw. I'm sipping yogurt. I love that that's where we're at with yogurt now. We've gotten, there's declensions of yogurt. Would you like a sipping yogurt or would you rather a a thick protein butt gut yogurt? (laughs) You want to make good push? Have some, have some of this yogurt. Good push. Dude, that's my favorite. So I love uh, Venture Brothers. Have you ever seen that that show? So there's a, a scene in there. I can't remember what he says, but one of the, the henchmen says, like, I don't know, I gotta make push. There's <laughs> some shit like that. And it's just been stuck in my head for like 10 years now or some shit. I fucking love that show so much. I So a good buddy of mine actually uh, passed away in a, um, a road rage incident. So PSA, don't road rage. <laughs> Woof! Um, but uh, we watch Avenger Brothers all the time, so it's been hard. And like, I'm finally getting back into it again, mm-hmm. and I fucking forgot how amazing that goddamn show is. Mm-hmm. Like the arguments between twenty uh, twenty one and twenty four, just about like uh, there's this one where they're talking about Smurfs and whether Smurfs are mammals or an egg laying species. <laughs> and it's like it's like a they're obviously mammals. Papa Smurf has a fucking beard. Like shows <laughs> back. He's like. Are you kidding me? It's one lady servicing a big group of men. If they were mammals, she'd be an estrus 24-7. Like, freaking out, going back and forth about the whole thing. Like, <laughs> It's really good opinion. Yeah, right, because it's cogent. Uh, also, do Smurfs have cloacas? Um, oh. <laughs> to, <laughs> to quote Polly Shore. <laughs> <laughs> Directly. <laughs> <clears throat> <laughs> to quote Polly Shore in Biodome, uh, I would posit the question, would you some kind of rocket scientist? Um, that didn't work as well. I just wanted another Polly Shore quote in there. Don't uh, worry. We'll get, we'll get more. All right, good. There's always opportunity for more. Is that, the, is that the football board? Did you turn it off? Yeah, yeah sorry. Uh, <laughs> I thought we were, were we not playing a game? No. Oh, sorry. Let me turn it off. Click. click. <laughs> Speaking of click, what do you think of Adam Sandler's click? Oh, wonderful movie I never saw. I actually did see that movie. It's, it's so rare I see movies, so whenever I see a movie and it sucks. It's stuck in your head forever? Oh, yeah. I um, I think it was the last Adam Sandler movie I watched. Really? Maybe Grown Ups. I, there's a podcast where they just watch Grown Ups over and over again and go over it. Oh. I think Grown Ups 2 as well. They just switch it up. I think they did it for like a whole year or something crazy. My buddy Clay used to listen to it all the time. Is it really? <laughs> it's, it's hilarious. It's actually, I've listened to a couple episodes and I'm like, this is surprisingly hilarious for like the 18th time that they're watching Grown Ups 2 and they're like, we just don't get the scene! <laughs> Why is this happening? <laughs> doesn't make sense, does it? Hollywood, baby! Oh my god. I'm afraid of my, host- my hosting abilities after this one. 
believe in yourself. Uh, this shot is to prosperity and to um, Bitcoin. Do whatever they, everyone who knows about it says you should do, Bitcoin. Thank you. Salute. Good Foley work. Drove downtown in the rain. I'm third air on a Tuesday night. I was thinking of like um I feel like this is a not too obscure of a reference. Um hang on. It was okay, hang on. So I feel like in um the Scooby Doo kids move the T V show, remember when they were kids? Mm-hmm. Oh um, uh, the uh, Scooby Doo oh, was, was Scooby Doo kids or you mean Scrappy Doo? Because he no, was the no, kid. No. Scooby Doo the you, kids version of the T V show. They were all children. Talk about Muppet Babies. Not Muppet. Was there a kids version of Scooby Doo? Was a kids version of Scooby Doo, and the music was so good, and they always had things that where they would sound familiar. They would drop a line, and then they would just echo it. Like the music style was really good. That's why. That's all I wanted to communicate. But you didn't know there was a Scooby Doo Kids. I don't. I. I don't think. I know. I don't. I didn't know that. I feel like when you say that, I remember that because I remember Teen Titans being a thing. So I imagine there's another. I remember Muppet Babies, which was them as all babies. That was another TV show that my sister watched that I also like didn't hate watching when I was hanging out with her. Love Muppet Babies. Why? Because whoever's in charge is just a person with giant socks and you never see her face. It's terrifying. Uh, one of the first times I ate mushrooms, well, probably like first, well, sad, five times I ate mushrooms. Uh, I was just uh, watching Muppet Babies. Yeah, 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 yeah. at least two hours of Muppet Babies. It was like two VHSs worth of Muppet Babies. Uh, and then we watched Pink Floyd on Laserdisc because, you know, I'm, I'm a white guy from the suburbs, so. I'm doing mushrooms. Doing mushrooms. Part of the contract, first five times. Playing E, playing E, A, uh, B on my guitar over uh, and over and over again. Playing uh, Beatles songs backwards. You know what? I want to know who buried Paul. Um, I want to know who bear ate Paul. I know who. It was that guy who went up to see the Grizzlies and brought his girlfriend, and they never came back. They teamed up with the Bears to then eat Paul. We're talking about sports teams still? Grizzly Man. The movie where that man is eaten by bears. Do you know, Edge, you don't know about the movie? Yeah. Edge? No. Grizzly Man, the documentary. No. Oh, God. Okay, so it's pretty awesome you don't know a lot of movies. <laughs> I'm kind of excited about that. <laughs> Second shot. Okay. I'm just going to hit record because I feel like we're just getting right back into it. We just took a little break right at the end of that. We will talk about Grizzly Man, though. I know we left that. Oh, yeah. Thank um, you. Grizzly Man. No, no, no. no I Sorry. got it. You, you, sent it. you sent it to me. That was a great move. Just saving it would not have been enough. It, it never left my screen. Perfect. Um, uh, but, yeah. So, I remember in that context, like, that was at the time. So, um, yeah. It's weird, it's weird going back to the past and putting yourself in that place. So, yeah. So, doing old work. Um, trying to revisit old work. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. Someone said, like, if, if you... Don't cringe looking at it. At least a little bit, I'd say. Yeah. Then you're not growing. Yep. Yeah. So, so I cringe so much because I have grown so much. Yeah, it's I rough. Changed so much. So I was like, I don't even. I kind of want to take them all down, just because I'm like, I don't. Yeah, but people like the growth more. I think. I hope as much. Do. I think people like an adventure. I hope I don't come off too cringy. Well, but both have value, right? I mean, I think entertainment is about what people find in things. And if your beginning cringe is something people find entertaining, then... I just hope they know it's the beginning and not the current. Well, maybe you should go back and just add things in the beginning of each one, like... Just go replace the I'm sorry. <laughs> so 
want to say real quick before this episode starts, a different person. Listen, a lot has changed in my life. I'm happy now. We're I own a ranch. Right? That's a lie, but... Recognize that you've gone back 70 episodes. That's like almost two years. <laughs> That's like most of the show. Uh, he's real fucking whiny. Yeah? Yeah. Why were you so whiny? Oh, because I was still figuring out how to be a person. Yeah? It's hard. It is. It's hard. It's, well, it's hard to really get become a lot more like present, I guess. Because mm-hmm. I feel like you're just living in this idea. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm this person, and I need, this is all important. Yeah, these are my, uh, these are the hooks I hang my shit on. Yeah. And so, I guess, feeling act- more actual as, like, living in my own space, I get to be amongst myself more. Yeah. And I've since, like, become more aware of being myself and wanting to be myself. Yeah, yeah. Recognizing that people like that and subscribe to that that's why they hang out yeah to be myself. yeah it's a weird <clears throat> moment in life when you're like oh i should just be me yeah i should just do like, what i what feels completely natural yeah my nana was wrong <sighs> just joke love you nance you, you old salty dog you mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> salty dog <laughs> uh, okay all right uh, set up Grizzly Man, please. The, the movie Grizzly Man uh, is a documentary film uh, that follows a man who uh, had a substance addiction problem uh, and found sobriety in living in the woods of uh, Kodiak, Alaska uh, during the grizzly bear rut, I believe, or grizzly bear mig- migrative season or eating season. Um, and he would go up there uh, and he would... Uh, hard quotes do research uh, I feel like uh, and he would film it and he would get very up close with the bears and over I uh, would say close to a decade I want to say a, lot, a pretty long period of time he became more and more familiar with the bears like identifying them knowing their patterns this that and the other thing uh, in this documentary it's a Warner Herzog documentary um, so you know it's sad uh, and uh he brings his fiance, I think, or girlfriend at the time, um, up to the 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 stay with him, uh, and they're both summarily eaten, devoured whole by bears. And the audio of it happening exists on the camera. Oh! And because Warner Herzog is not a monster, just a descendant of monsters. <laughs> Shout out on that second Herzog reference to Zoggin. <laughs> yeah, now! Um, <laughs> he plays the tape for the family, I think the mother of the guy. Uh, so you don't get to hear the tape, but you watch a family member have a reaction to listening to their loved one die. Are you serious? Yeah. Hella brutal. Um, Holy shit. Yeah, solid documentary. Wow. Um, I wish I could remember his name, Jeffrey, maybe, or something. He was very annoying, very grating voice, and he would shout at hunters that came near the bears. So, answer me this, is that audio public? I don't think so. It also could all be a, a fraud, too. I mean, movie magic, my friend. That's... I, over the past five years of my life, I feel like I don't believe anything... Oh no, that's anymore. so sad. I like believe. I like being in the room. Careful, man. Deep fakes, be, baby. I Deep wanna, fakes, baby. I want to just play in the room. I don't want to commit to the room. I don't want to live in the room. I just want to go and visit sometimes. The room with Tommy Wiseau. <laughs> I do. That is on my two watch list. That is like in the top three. That is like 
happening in the next John, one or two months. John. It's happening. John. It's happening. It, it's on my radar. You need to do it tonight. <laughs> I can't, like, I it ha- can't. you have it to. It has to be an experience. I have an uh, experience planned. Oh, man. Ooh, I have a new experience planned. You just gave me a great idea. Uh, that movie is delightful. That and Birdemic. Oh, yes. And there's like a, a, a follow-up to it. There's a movie made about it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, Saw that in that, theaters. Cried. Cried like a baby. Ah, like a child. Can't wait. In front of other humans. I can't wait. And I'm a, I'm a white man. I'm not allowed to cry great. in public. That is not part of the deal. Gonna be great. It's, it is great. It's a great movie. It's gonna be great. It's, it's gonna, gonna be awesome. I'm glad I, I'm glad I somehow stumbled upon a YouTube video about it so that I could be inspired the, to watch it and put it so high in my queue. And then the opening follow. flower scene is <sighs> still the amount. It's like two pages of dialogue in a twenty-second scene. It is. Insane! Oh, hi, hi! Oh, hey, doggy! Oh, you're my favorite customer! Oh, 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 oh! <laughs> like you will feel like you're having. Really you nah, there's not O's. Uh, it's okay. Oh, he opens the door and it's like, uh, oh, hello! Oh, hi! It's you, Todd, whatever his name is, Johnny, my favorite customer. A dozen roses. Thank you. Here you go. Oh, nice doggy. And there's a dog uh, that he pats. And then, have a great day. Thanks again for the roses. See ya. Out the door. It is so funny. It is insane. The whole movie is insane. It is so... So I... Uh, I, I lived in Montana for a year. Um, I went to film school uh, out of uh, high school at Montana State University um, for one year, which was great. It's super fun. Uh, shouldn't have sent 18-year-old Brandon to live by himself in Montana. That was a mistake on everyone's part. Well, I'll just move on from that. Um, but <laughs> we've all we've all survived. But out there, like the amount of weird fucking shit that you learn about movie-wise because you're with a bunch of other fucking nerds that are like, mm-hmm. uh, I've had this on VHS since 1996. And you're like, oh, God. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. There's just... It's, a, it's the madness. Like, And also, uh, growing up with file sharing, I feel like, has let me find the weirdest. Like, uh, It's stuff that I think about now that I watched as a child and how it must have ruined me. Uh-huh. Like, Bum Fights, the movie about... The movie where the guy just paid homeless people to do crazy shit, and he filmed it. Uh, and then he went on Dr. Phil uh, and shaved his head like Dr. Phil and did an interview. And now that's a meme. No, I think I've seen that. Where it's like, remember that time the bum fights lad went on? The the bum it's like, yeah, they say, I think that's what it that says. It's like he or went on like a mad lad looking like Dr. Phil or some shit like that. Fights. Dr. Phil being popped right up. Oh, I have seen this. But that movie, man, I thirteen year old Brandon. Oh, he, oh, he can't grow a mustache like Doctor. No Phil. one can grow a mustache like Doctor. I just Phil. I want to give uh, Doctor Phil big ups on the stash, bro. I have probably seen upwards wow. of two hundred and fifty episodes of Doctor Phil. Uh, you know, I don't even want to know why. What do you mean? Uh, bring out the freaks, baby. <laughs> Jerry Springer, Maury Povich, Doctor Phil, bring out the freaks. Yeah. Bring them out. They're coming, they're coming. They heard you, they heard you. Bring out those freaks! <laughs> <laughs> Why? Why? I don't know, because it's America, baby. No, I'm here for it. Two I'm bits of gander. To, I just want to... <laughs> Let's get this rolling. That's why I have cable. Right? right? Hey, listen. Yeah. 
DirecTV, get ABC back. I'm tired of this horse shit. Oh, no, they don't have ABC anymore? No, it's fucking... If, you're at, if you ask me, it's treason, and they should all be executed uh, for their crimes. This individual stream thing, right? They're all scared. They're running scared, baby. They're running scared because they're, they're old. Beyonce said it best. And she quoted Polly Shore. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, and she said, <clears throat> A leaning tower of cheese. Ah. Oh, Beyonce. She is queen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you have a favorite Beyonce song? No. Uh, I honestly don't know enough of the oeuvre. I used to have a, um, I used to live with a, 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 a female roommate who loved Beyonce, so it used to be much more up on different songs, but, uh, oh, that's <laughs> a lot of flame over there. So. Um, but yeah, no, I know I'm not a big Beyonce fan per se. Sure. Um, I like, but you recognize. Oh, I know who she is. Uh-huh. I've seen her moves and her abilities. Yeah. And both are top-notch. We know what's she, going on. She is uh, a fucking force. Uh-huh. Uh, and I think that, like, I don't know, there's people just pure entertainment, blah, 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 pure entertainment people that can, like, you're like, oh, yeah, that person is genuinely, like, that person, you could be like, hey, could you sing this? And they would just, just fucking wreck it. Yeah. Like, yep. mm-hmm. like old-school Hollywood people that were like, oh, I can sing and dance and they act. I can do anything. Yeah. And now, like, hip-hop now, you go to shows and people don't even do their own vocals. It's just a backtrack. And then just everyone's like, dogs, logs, feeling it. It's my friends. You know, like, (laughs) (laughs) I am putting out an LP if you guys want to. It's, it's great. I did, I did, uh... music.com. Brandon Beswick was taken. Yeah, it just it was a hyphen, Brandon Beswick 2. <laughs> Geo, it's geocities.com. <laughs> and it is, the first page, it is a capture page to start before you actually get to the homepage. I don't know why they are so against robots visiting my page. It's not clear what... Capture, and then you have to confirm you're over the age 18. That's, well, that is a big part of it. <laughs> it, it, is, it is because I do have an artist rendering of my penis in my... Uh, uh, you're about penis. Yeah, yep. <laughs> and it is not, it's not generous. It is not. It's not generous. They, oh my God. They took away more. Yeah. Then the, then they gave. It's animated in any, and I personally <laughs> felt attacked. Because that's only when I sit down, and that's, and that's not fair of them, because my pose was standing, and it'd be one thing, they're jerks, just a bunch of jerks. <laughs> oh, God. I'm doing stand-up at a fetish bar tonight. I want you to know that. Uh, I wouldn't call this a fetish bar. We'll talk to that guy in that leather suit. Shh, no, don't don't talk to him. Don't acknowledge him. Uh, he's being. <laughs> I said don't. I'm sorry. <laughs> Would you like another shot? Okay. All right. Oh God, Satan's real. 
<laughs> yeah, he's on my podcast right now. <laughs> Look into my eyes, give me your soul. <laughs> when are you going to play your fiddle? Uh, it's actually a violin, you uncouth. Oh, did you not know where to put your napkins as a child? Mm, I'm American. <laughs> We use our my jeans. We use our jeans, yeah. That's why Ma bought the good denim. <laughs> These are the Levi's mess cleaners. <laughs> she doesn't go to Walmart. She goes to Chasey Penny. These are Levi 409s. 409s. Giddy up. Oh, blow up. <laughs> Three tequila shots, Brandon? Are you kidding me? Yeah, man. Life is short. Here's a Babe Ruth for being an asshole. You're a racist, Babe Ruth, you piece of shit. But he did, he did call it. <laughs> Which is pretty cool. Oh, there's a lot I also feel like that's not fair because you probably did that a thousand times and look like a jackass. <laughs> well, okay. Had that been the case, I feel like that would have come out. Really? Well, the way we the way we glorify people in this country, you think that someone who had that many. But also, the idea of being able to write the story, make the video that that burned that throws him in. Sure. Like we got a lot of legends. We can we can lose one. We can lose a big one. That's a candy bar kind of guy. You want to take the candy bar legend away? I'm just saying. I thought you said you were an American. I'm not saying. And now you're trying to take candy bars away from us. You sound like Bernie fucking Sanders. Just. Bring your socialism in here. Buy my bird sticker. You're going to take away paydays. Okay. okay. First, book. you take away... You got a book about birds? I get a bird sticker uh-huh. and a book. Oh, a bird sticker. Yeah, I guess uh, he was giving a speech and a bird landed on his podium, so he uh, put out a birdie. Oh, yeah. It was yeah. I think it was on the laptop. Mm. At one point. I still fight with my fiance for voting for Marco Rubio uh, ah. uh, in the uh, primary because... Uh, it's an open primary in Virginia, uh-huh. uh, and I didn't want Donald Trump to be the uh, uh, the Republican nominee because I was yeah. like, that's terrifying. Uh, so I was like, I'm voting for Marco Rubio because Hillary Clinton's going to win this fucking state by a, a fucking mile. Uh, and she still m- makes it seem like in the general election that I voted for Marco Rubio, uh-huh. uh, which I didn't. Uh, it was strategic. It was strategic. I was anti-voting for Trump. Yeah, it was uh, what you would call a wasted vote. <laughs> I mean... But aren't they all wasted because the lizard people control the government? Oh, you said we would get to lizard people. It took us about an hour. Yeah, but we're in it now because we're can three you, shots can deep. You get, can you get into it? I really don't know anything about them other what? than I like to say it because people go, Oh my God, I think You're, this guy is fucking crazy. Well, uh, now I want to make you improvise. It. Okay, well, here's the deal. Lizard people uh, come from a, a different planet. It's really, uh, the way they travel is interdimensionally. Uh, they're able to fold space-time, and like a needle and thread through a, a, a folded piece of cloth, they pass quickly, right? And and they're on their dimensions version of our Mars. Sure, yes. And they've decided to cross dimensions and... Travel the distance. Exactly. They have, they have, they have developed the technology. And now, they're, they have a very strange hierarchy within the lizard people, okay? Uh, at the top level of the lizard people, uh, it's celebrities. It's very Scientology-based, right? Yeah. Where you've got these Influence. big... Exactly. Uh, a Bieber, uh, George Bush 2. Um, not George Bush 1, okay? I'm not going to put him in that category. People like to, but I find it offensive and rude. Okay. Okay? Yep. A lizard person does not grab ass. They won't do it. They find no lust in human flesh. Now, 
if you had a picture of George Bush one with a boa constrictor like around his shoulders, I'd be like, hell yeah, that's a lizard person uh-huh. because he's obviously communicating vis-a-vis uh, electro uh, impulses into the, the 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 reptilian skin. Yes. Now, people like to take it to a 9-11 place, so we will. Um, We do what what people like. They have asked, and I will answer. Tower 7, entirely made of reptilians, okay? Building 7, not Tower 7, lose change, people, calm down. Uh, um, But in all seriousness, Still a terrorist attack. The lizard people just happened to be there. <laughs> they did not coordinate it. Um, they were just t- affected. They were affected like us. Yeah. Uh, and now they sun a lot. It's hard. They live in the center of the earth as well as on the outside, wherever they'd like. Uh-huh. And how do they get there? Um, well, a lot of times it's uh, just Uber, Lyft. Really, Lyft now with all that Uber stuff in the press. It's been tough to really use them. Yeah, Lyft is all lizard people. That's why there's now. Now, assumed legally, you can't say that, you know, because of all of the. You said, said assumed, yeah, yeah smart. Assumed. I mean, because of the red tape red and tape. all the red unions. Tape. Respect the union. You have to respect they're, they're the union. Doing what they're doing out there. It's part of the guild. It is. We we live by the guild. Die by the guild. That's my favorite <sighs> notorious B.I.G. song. The, live by the guild. I die by the guild. Uh, that's what the G and. Uh, yeah, That's what I heard. Guild. A benevolent influencing guild. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Everyone knows that. Uh, that's actually, it was a kind of a ballsy move to, he picked the name first. Well, he was ballsy like that. And he, Thanks, Christopher. We miss you, Mr. Wallace. <laughs> oh, he's here now. Oh, God. I think he's here. It's his apparition. Yeah. Oh! It's me, Notorious B.I.G. Um, oh. Vaudeville act. That's his punishment in hell. Is now he's in vaudeville. He's <laughs> just d- doing a lot of really bad rhymes. I'm here for bad rhymes. It's all on the one and the two. <laughs> one and the three. Sorry. I know, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> now the two and the four. You gotta be in the pocket. Two and four. Two and four. Not one and three. And oompa, 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 oompa. <laughs> I feel like I want to bring us back, but I can't remember <laughs> all, all the things. So Did we finish Grizzly Man? Thanks. He was eaten by bears. That's right, in the audio, yeah. It's brutal. Um, and if he was real or not. And then, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because what is real, man? Is this all a simulation? Oh, lizard people, that's where we were. That That's where I need to bring us back to. Get more into that. You got on 9-11. Go back to lizard people. All right, well... They own uh, two-thirds of all gas stations in this country. Uh-huh. Um, they love to be close to petrol. The smell of it reminds them of their home planet. How, do they ever go back? Do they, do uh, they, are they here forever? Now, physically, they can. Uh, but unfortunately, the government and their home planet is very restrictive. And their visa program is very similar to ours. So it's once you're here, you're kind of stuck, especially when you're doing work. It, it, it turns into this whole thing. You know, where people have trouble getting back and forth, families are torn apart. It's it is unfortunate. You really do feel for the lizard people. I don't. I don't. You may. I don't. You know what they did to us? They gave us baby shark. Are you excited about that? That baby. You have the rights for this. <laughs> is that a song? Is this going to clear? Is this is that a song? <laughs> what is baby shark? 
shark did doodle baby shark did doodle baby shark did doodle baby shark Mommy shark did doodle mommy shark did doodle mommy shark did doodle mommy shark Daddy shark did doodle daddy shark did doodle daddy shark did doodle daddy shark Grandma shark to doodle the do grandma shark to doodle the do grandma shark to doodle the do grandma shark Grandpa shark to doodle the do grandpa shark to doodle the do grandpa shark to doodle the do grandpa shark Now it gets confusing here Swim away do doodle or something I don't know Have you not heard that song No It's brutal man That's that's those are people bro why? Why would they do that? Is that is that revenge? Did we do did we do something wrong? Do you know when you have friends who like to prank you, but you don't like being pranked? Oh, that's kind no. of like the human lizard people relationship. They're like, oh, it's all fun, man, but we're like, it's just, it it's feels just a, it's, it feels like you're being mean. This prank feels more mean than fun. Yeah, I don't know how much fun I'm having. I can't. Are we having fun yet? That's a reference. That's a reference to a show with Adam Scott called Party Down. Lizard people. <laughs> is Adam Scott a lizard person? He could be. Ooh. I don't think the press has asked the pertinent questions, and that's the problem with the fake news media. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. So, what's what's the goal now? What's the what's the What's motivating them in 2019? Oh, it's our energies. They thrive off of our energy, our negative energy. The more upset, like, have you ever seen Ghostbusters 2? Of course you haven't. Um, so, in that movie, uh, there's a slime underneath New York City that feeds off of people's anger. And the more angry you get, the more the slime can do bad things. Is this that thing that inhabits the Michelin Man or something? Big ghost no. marshmallow. That's the state puff marshmallow man in the first one. Okay, sorry. Uh, no, you're fine. In the second one, they douse the Statue of Liberty and then play that song. Yo, love, keep picking me higher. And then the Statue of Liberty walks uh, around. Because <laughs> apparently, love also works. Uh, not just hate, but um, uh, those are people want our hate. Okay. Easy peasy lemon squeezy. And so they set up things in this world that uh-huh. draw us in and make us hate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So everything that you hate is because of lizard people. It makes life so much easier. Just blame it on the lizard people. I mean, that is kind of a, a fun way to think about things. This is not fun. This is my religion. Uh, you can have a pamphlet when we're done. Um, I will need it back after you read it. I only have one. <laughs> it gets passed around. It was written in the pen. It's three different colors. I know it looks like crayon, but I swear it's a pen. I swear it's a weird pen. It's called a push pen. I love a good push. (laughs) Wakes you up in the morning. (laughs) I feel like a lot of my humor comes back to poops and farts, and it makes me wonder uh, if I'll ever grow up. Why would, you, why would you want to grow up? I don't know. That's another thing I love about my, the team I'm on. We do, sometimes it's all about poops and farts. Yeah. And I think everybody's like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get I, it. I guess if I'm, if I'm connecting in that moment, I, I feel like I'm, I like having that, that room to play in. Mm-hmm. 
doesn't have to be the, the room I live in. Yeah. But I can just go and be in that room for a little bit. Yeah, not feel shamed. No. It's a fun room to be in. Yeah. It's a fun room to be in. Poopies. <laughs> it's a fun word. Dukums. That's... Who calls them that? Who calls them that? Dukums? It's fun. People who love N64 and Duke Nukem. And, and one associated with... Poopins. Poopin' Baggins. Poopo Baggins. <laughs> See, I'm in the room. Yeah. I'm here for it. It's fun. It's fun. It's great. <laughs> uh, Ella uh, Scott Fitzgerald. Um, How many of these do you have? Well, we can keep going. <laughs> Let's find out. Uh, um, uh, b- b- Kim Jong Poop. <laughs> That's solid wordplay. Gardens of Diarrhea. I don't know. Um, I was trying so hard to think of one for Bill Hader. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't get off of Bill Hader. (sighs) Oh, man. Shidget Jones Jones Diary. I'm very disappointed in myself. I know this is an audio medium, but I figured I would just express that. (laughs) Yeah, I can see it. I can see it. I'm just, I'm desperately trying to think of anything. Uh, Shitney Spears. Shitney Spears. Shitney's a good one. Uh, uh, (laughs) (laughs) The old Surgeon General, uh, C. Everett Poop. Um, Uh, uh, this is this is uh, this is a gauntlet for you. Yeah, uh, that great show in the late nineties uh, on uh, I think it was WBN, uh, hanging with Mr. Pooper. That's a good one. Uh, <laughs> there you go. There you go. There's a good one. There's a good. There's a good right hook. <laughs> Back in it. Uh, oh boy. Uh, oh, you ever heard of that uh, terrible dictator from Asia in like the twelve hundreds? I think his name was Attila the Runs. Uh, <laughs> There you go. Okay. <laughs> that was, that was go. One more. Bring us home. All right. Uh, um. Oh, you know who I love? A great lead, female lead. She's always solid. Um, uh, <laughs> always solid. I think it's uh, Poopin Sarandon. I don't know. <laughs> nope. Nope. Swing and a miss. Oh, oh, that's strike three, folks. Babe Ruth tried to call it, but he has struck out. Uh, <laughs> proving a point that he needs to stop trying to call it, especially when the cameras are not here. Just one Sasquatch esque photo. <laughs> Do you believe in Sasquatch? Sasquatch. Do you believe that's a thing? Um. I find it very hard to believe. Right. That. We wouldn't have found something. Something. By now. Shit. I, I, I. Hair. Oh. Come. It's not that good. Yeah. And right. also, it, it wouldn't be worth it. To have a Sasquatch? Well, no. For, I'm thinking, I guess, in terms of Sasquatch, again, assuming it's a, either it's a wild animal or it's like, got good brain function, I right. guess. Um, like. Okay, if it's got good brain function, then it might want to 
chat. Right. But if it's a wild animal, then stealth might have to be the option, and it's either surviving or died off. But like, I don't know. It just it just seems impossible that a species could exist we don't know about, especially like that. Like that. In yeah. That space. Yeah. Just in some woods. So you think we can't explore woods? Uh, no, we, it's very it's very distant for humans. Humans and woods don't mix. Um, oh wait, there was literally cities here before we fucking came and sneezed on everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Mow the lawn real quick and mow all these pop, 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 pop. Um, Take that, nature, you son of a bitch. Um, but yeah, so uh, do you know about the Skinwalker Ranch? Ooh, is that like some creepy pasta bullshit? No, what's I keep seeing that. Is that just like uh, creepy just stories? Creepy stories. Okay, yeah. um, Green no. texted versions. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, this they're is fun. They're fun. They're fun. They're no, fun, I, I've fun, enjoyed. Fun, 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 so fun, fun. Um, I, the truth is here. Uh, subreddit uh, is mostly people being like, "This happened to me when I was driving on these old Navajo roads." You know, and they're like, "I saw a shapeshifter and it chased me into the woods." Um, and I'll get real high and read those like as I'm falling asleep, and they're great. Uh, but this is uh, they're great Uh, it's um, this ranch that was owned by uh, this billionaire eccentric billionaire who's started his own like NASA essentially and started something called NIDS like the National Institution of Discovery Science to look at paranormal activity uh, and owned this ranch for like 15 years and they recorded all sorts like they sent like a full on science team because they were trying to record paranormal activity uh, and they didn't record anything but they didn't like disprove it like they left with more questions than answers Ooh. it was really fascinating uh, and one of the reasons I bring it up is because there's like Bigfoot encounters uh, and a big thing that a lot of people seem to have come, not come to, but there seems to be like a thought that maybe it was, it's like a vortex that leaks into other dimensions. And that there are, inter- you know, I'm doing bits about the lizard people, but like the thought of there being multiple dimensions that exist is a pretty like well thought like uh, people, have, people have put time into yeah like it's not just the weird guy who mumbles on the bench like that interdimensional thought like um what is that fucking that docuseries that came out forever ago through the, through the looking glass or down the wormhole or something it was all about like uh, oh, yeah. particle physics and like yeah you know what I mean like um uh, and one of those things they talk about is like multiple dimensions and that being like an option of where the quirks and, and things go when they disappear and then show back up when they're like observing uh, all that kind of shit. So like they talk about it as if like it's like a weird rift where things get in and out of dimensions. And it's fascinating. Uh, this documentary, I fucking bit the bullet and spent $6 on Amazon and bought this. Six? Yeah. That's a big, that's a big it, hole. It was, and it took me a night of drinking before I mustered up the courage to buy a two-hour and ten-minute documentary about Skinwalker Ranch. Okay, so we haven't got <sighs> Skinwalker Ranch. So now. this is the place that this billionaire owned where there was like, it's like the vortex of activity. And this guy bought it from these people who had moved to uh, a Mormon couple that were... Um, cattle ranchers and didn't believe in paranormal stuff, didn't believe in any of that, but they they kept having these experiences where cattle mutilations, uh, like they talk about in the first couple days they're on the ranch, they literally have an encounter with a dire wolf, which is a species that's been extinct for a thousand years. And the whole family recalls a giant wolf walking towards them and at first like what the fuck is this but they realize how comfortable it is with people so they're like oh it must be like a pet someone's big like wolf dog pet so like it walks by uh, 
one the owner of the ranch remembers touching it and the smell of like wet rain because it, it had rained earlier that day like it smelled like a wet dog uh, and then got sight of one of the cows like they because they're cattle breeders like high end cattle um, and then proceeded to attack a calf uh, and the farmer and his sons beat it uh, shot it with a rifle and a handgun um, and all it did was like after they shot it with like a high powered rifle it kind of stepped back and then just trotted off. Uh, and they followed it, and it, they followed its tracks into a clearing, and it just disappeared the tracks, like in the mud. It just stopped in the middle of nowhere. And they went back, and they found a piece of the meat uh, that had been blown off when they shot it with a high-powered rifle, and they said it smelled like it was rotting flesh, um, which is not how when you shoot an animal, like, fresh animal smells different than, like, old rotting animal, you know, like, so. It's fascinating. It's just these endless stories by, like, accredited scientists who went there to prove the paranormal shit was bullshit. Like, they hired these idiots to be like, come in and be like, hey, like, let's disprove this. This is, like, you know, let's figure out, let's get to the real meat of what is happening here. And they thought, like, they did, like, environmental tests. Uh, they thought maybe it was, like, ergot poisoning or some kind of thing in the water supply that's causing a mass hysteria or mass hallucinations. Uh, they thought maybe it was sound frequencies coming from something that, like, it, nothing. They couldn't figure it out. And then it traded hands in two, like 2010 to a new owner that still is yes, doing okay. research. So this is this is where it comes in, right? And so someone who is doing research on it, they're like, I'm so going to live here. Everyone's been doing. Well, not even that. It's someone who owns it, and they're sending like teams to research on like it's a like it's a research facility. They own the property, and like there's like stay off, like it's very guarded. And what's come out recently? So in 2017, those. Uh, the government released the footage of those UFO uh, videos um, because of John McCain and a couple other senators that work with the Navy to release uh, footage of things that they had no idea what they were. Uh, and there's four videos that the Navy, I believe, released, and they're very strange. Uh, they are very real. Like, I don't know what they are, and I don't think the Navy knows what they are, uh, but there are more and more people pushing, saying that we need to know what this shit is. Because, like, uh-huh. whether it's aliens, whatever... Like, it could very well just be technology that we don't understand, that China, Russia, that someone has the capabilities to use. Do you know what I mean? So it's yeah. like this whole thing where from a national defense, people are starting to pipe up more about it. But so what's come out interestingly with, with those the, this, uh, videos has sparked this whole thing that apparently there is um, a government agencies, like three-letter agencies that exist that have been looking into this shit. And that in releasing those videos, some of that information had to come out that these agencies do exist. They are looking into unidentified flying objects, whether that is whatever people want to paint that as, as aliens or enemy aircraft, whatever, um, and that they have a budget. Then when people dig into that budget, they found that that budget was used in part to study Skinwalker Ranch. So the U.S. government tacitly had been putting money into studying this paranormal spot. Like, it is... I'm getting goosebumps talking about it. I don't buy in... Like, I'm, I was fucking around lizard people. I, it, 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 that's crazy whatever. I, I fuck around. Sure, that was fun. That was fun. Yeah, yeah that was, just, I was just, just playful. Just fun. Yeah. This shit <clears throat> scares me. It, like, freaks me out on another level. Because, like, it could be either, like, it's a flat out, let's go with the crazy sci-fi thing. It's interdimensional things coming in and out it's crazy it's weird let's peel it back even more please what if it's just the government with a mass hysteria campaign like like there's like that old science fiction trope where the government feigns an alien invasion in order to gain like mass martial law sure. so like the exactly so like 
best case scenario, it's interdimensional beings that possibly want to destroy us because what are like what would we do if we went somewhere, you know, interdimensional? We treat it like we did when we were colonizers, and we're like, oh, you're lessers and whatever. Who cares? So it's either that or the government is fucking with us. You know what I mean? And they're 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 spending money at quote unquote paranormal spots, and they're doing things that seem like out of this world. So when they do reveal a technology they've been working on. They can be like, whoa, no one can ever figure it out. It's alien. But in reality, it's been a bunch of nerds in you know the base in Area 51 cranking out crazy like theoretical physics to make some kind of light weapon or sound gun or something. You know what I mean? Something that we can't perceive. Uh-huh. Huh. I don't know. It drives me down a fucking hole, man. No, I feel like... Uh... So that that's all confirmed. Everything everything you just said was is true. Is like about the funding and all of that kind of stuff. Uh, yes, like um, you can look into it because uh, Robert Bigelow, the billionaire, uh, opened up a um, he has his private industry and then he opened up uh, a public um, uh, non for profit that has to release all of its information and funding. And through that, those documents, people have backtracked the money coming from government sources to him to pay for research. So, like, that is, like, you can look into that and find that stuff. That's so interesting. But, like, what that means is beyond what anyone can know unless you actually get someone to tell you the fucking truth. And it seems like the way our government works is that the truth is something you compartmentalize because someone knowing everything is dangerous to national security. Yeah. So, like, can we ever really? Like, how can anyone ever really, even if you work for the government? Yeah. Like, they may be just lying to you because they want you to tell what you know to someone and they'll know, oh, we told Brandon that crazy shit. That's why that's out there floating around. Go get his ass. Like, oh, interesting. And then it's, I don't know, the waves of craziness. It's just the, uh... Maybe this is why my parents were like, we'll just do religion. Right? Like, we'll just put all of our focus into religion, and then this other stuff will crop up. We won't think about it so much. No, I'm <clears throat> I'm super fascinated. That is, uh... I think I just, in my daily life, I just ignore it so much. Yep. Because it doesn't matter. It doesn't affect the cost of food at Kroger. It doesn't change how much gas costs. It yeah. doesn't... I gotta go to work. Yeah. Like, I gotta still get up tomorrow. Um, but also, like... It's weird to think about it coming to a head, I guess. That's the thing people are afraid of. Like, yep. what happens when that happens? And that thing, the, the fact that the government was willing to put out videos of stuff that they don't know what it is, that scares me more than anything. The people who are in our society supposed to have all the answers yeah. literally don't have answers. And to hear the pilots, like people who, this is their profession, to see things in the sky and to, like identify them go like whoa what was that and you're like uh, oh fuck uh, this guy's got like <clears throat> decades of flight experience 35 years out here he's flown more planes well those shouldn't move like that 
And then there's like it all ties into Bob Lazar too. The guy, there's a documentary on Netflix about him. Uh, this guy has been talking about Area 51 since 1989, uh, and a lot of the stuff he's been saying has been proven true over oh, the past like decade. Okay. Like he talked about uh, an yes, element that was undiscovered. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is different. This is Bob Lazar, UFOs, and other flying objects, and this is on Netflix. Uh-huh. Um, and like he talked about an element uh, on the periodic table that did not exist. Uh, and he talked about how he worked on alien craft that used that element specifically uh, for propulsion. Uh, and then in the Large Hedron Collider, um, they found that element when they slammed a bunch of atoms together. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that proved to be true. Uh, he talked about Area 51 before the government ever admitted to Area 51. Uh, and then in the 90s, they had to admit that it was a place because they were expanding the land it was on. So they had to, like, we do have a base here. We'd like it to be this much bigger. Because people, because of Bob Lazar, were like up in the hills watching watching stuff that was happening there. So they're like, so they can just expand without saying something. Right, because they can't just like put up the fences because like, thankfully we're still not a total like sh- shit show of a country. Uh, we'll see. Um, but like, they had to at least admit that there was a military base there in order to expand how big it was. Fair. Uh, and then he talked about this weird um, biometric device that was a hand scanner that was used for him to gain access to the super secure area at Area 51. Uh, and he described it in great detail. People were like, that's science fiction, that's bullshit. Uh, and then I think a FOIA request or something similar in another country um, produced one, a picture and a description of an item that exactly matched what he was describing as like early biometric technology. Uh-huh. And he was Back like, in the uh, 90s? Yep. Or it was like a thing you put your hand on and it used a light to measure the bones in your hand. Uh, and then you had a card that basically had this like the pattern on it and you would put it in if they matched. Good to go. Tight. Right? Like, and it's insane. So there's all these little things. But he's also like a crazy person. Like, he's like a weird, he doesn't seem like your normal UFO guy, but he's like, he's weird. He's a weird dude. Uh, he said he's been to all these places and worked all these places, and then they can't find anything that says that. Um, like, in the records, like, he's like, oh, I, I went to this college and I worked at this Walker Propulsion Lab. They look into it, and, like, the newspapers can't find anything on it. Uh, and then they're like, oh, this guy's full of shit. And then some other news reporters are like, well, let's dig in more. And they dig in more, and, then, like, one of the places he said he worked, uh, that when they asked them, did this guy work there, and they said, no, we have no record of this guy working here, they went and found old directories from the company that had, like, people's home phones and addresses. And sure enough, Bob Lazar is listed as an employee with his address and his phone number. So like, he's been wiped out of there. Uh, they can't find his birth certificate. His parents actually, like, there was, like, a whole thing where his mom, he's like, my mom is terrified. Like, my family, I have a real family. And when all this started happening, they went to, like, we're like, okay, we'll go get the birth certificate. Like, I'm a person, whatever. Nope, not at the hospital anymore. Like, yeah, I went to this college. Nope. No record of him ever graduating from this college. But then they find, like, an article in the local paper, like, so-and-so student, because he was, like, a rocket engineer, uh, build, like, it was, like, a write-up on him because he would build rocket cars in his spare time. Uh-huh. So in the write-up, it says he's a student at, like, UC, UCLA Polytech or whatever the fuck. And they didn't were. get that. that but that then when they paper. asked the school, the school's like, no, we have no record of him. We can't prove that he was here. It's weird shit, man. It's yeah. weird shit. Super weird shit. So that's why I do stand-up. <laughs> Is that really? No! Uh, I do stand-up because I need attention. Uh, let's get into that. We got we were on that weird train delightfully long. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was... I, did, very, I feel like it's not often that I'm just silent. 
But but you know my thought is I've listened to enough of uh, Pete Holmes to be like sometimes he tries to get in on it and sometimes he just lets them go. When Shane Moss told his DMT story, like he let that go. <clears throat> so I just let that go. I let you just do it. Lizards and Bob Lazar and I, that is so the Bob Lazar stuff is if you have Netflix, dude, check out that shit. It is fascinating. I am. Just assuming everything you tell me is true. Oh yeah, um, that's so, your first mistake. Uh, <laughs> well, when it's it's a fun room to party in. That's the Brandon Truth room, and it's fun. It might not last a long time, hey, but it's fun. Hey, I might fact check you, but <laughs> let's just play. I'm playing with your friend Bob. <laughs> he's great. He's he's cool. He's got this hand reading thing. He doesn't know who he doesn't know where anything is. He's very lost. <laughs> but okay, stand up. Yeah. Um, are you are you a natural writer? No, I think I get away with a lot because I'm loud and I just go for it. And you um, just kind of think of things. Sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I, well, so I my, see, again, I see you do improv. So, <laughs> so like, a, um, I do a lot of writing on stage. Uh, where like I'll go up with a premise and like a general like where I want to go with it, and then I always record my sets and listen back to them. So you um, get the beats and exactly, the and all that. kind of figure out where people are with me, where people aren't, and then try to like bring them around. Um, Excuse me. The best um, best thing I ever heard about comedy uh, in general uh, was like kind of Simpsons fucking um, uh, audio commentary where they said uh, I think it was Bob Hope had a simple way about um, doing comedy. You tell the audience what you're going to do, you do that thing, then you tell the audience that you've done that thing. Uh, because if the audience isn't with you, then nothing matters. So, like, it's, I feel like that's the, the process for me, is trying to figure out what I'm telling them I'm going to do, how I'm going to do it, and then, like, calling back. I'm like, hey, remember we just did that thing where I made fun of my poops or whatever on stage for two minutes? Like, um, and that's how I do a lot of my writing, I feel like, is to come from that. Interesting. Uh, I usually try to get up and write every day, which I've been so fucking bad about, but that was always a really, like, a good gold mine. So to, to do just daily free writing? Writing. Yeah, 10 right. minutes, just let it go. And then, especially stand-up, like, I do everything on Google Docs. So when I'm, like, waiting to go up, I can just read what I wrote for the past few days, and normally I'll find, like, a little nugget in that free writing of being like, well, what? what's the hell with bus drivers? What the, uh, what, what the hell in which no, ribbon? What's the hell, what's man? What's the hell? <laughs> I was trying to do a bus driver joke for a long time, and it really was just punching down at bus drivers because mine were dicks. And I like my <laughs> Nina had to tell me, she's like, you can't do a joke where you're you just mean. bus drivers. You can't just be mean to bus drivers. <laughs> it was like, it was like you, you, you got to either be fat <laughs> or southern or a fat southern lady to be a bus driver. And people were like, Dude, I got booed at the Broadberry. Oh, really? Yeah, packed fucking Broadberry. I opened for... Uh, my buddies are in uh, PBR, the People's Blues of Richmond, and they let me open for them. Uh, and they had a couple bands on before, and then they were going to put me on, and then they were going to come out. put a comic in a... It's just the worst. Interesting place. But it, either way, I love... I, Timmy Beavers and Matty Volks uh, and Nico... Nico um, I didn't grow up with Nico, but Maddie and Timmy, like, I grew up with those those dudes, and uh, 
like they gave me it's like so sweet of them they're like yeah come do stand up it'll be great yeah, yeah, yeah. and whatever whenever they put you on at a comedy a cup of comedy at a music thing it's I never I was being playful they're going to talk to you, and they're going to be very... No, guys. But no, 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 but like, so comedy, wherever you put, it's hard, it's so fucking hard to do comedy in the middle of music, because people, it just, they're not always ready for it. But uh, I used to have a really bad joke about um, uh, Sharia law. Uh, it was, uh, your epidermis is showing, your epidermis is showing. Uh, a a, a child, childhood joke here in the States, a death sentence uh, when Sharia law takes over. Um, not funny, super upsetting, uh-huh. uh, but a way that I used to use to gauge the room about like where I should go with the rest of my set. Oh, wow. Um, what a deep gauge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you learn a lot doing stand-up yeah, comedy. Yeah, um, sure. And uh, one of the bands that had opened had a man who was an imam, uh, and he played a specific instrument that only imams learn to play. It's like a bass from the Middle East that is like it's a very s- sacred and like specific thing, and like part of like a sect of Islam that like means a lot to the to people who follow that. Uh, so him and a group of his friends were in the audience when I made this awful joke uh, about Islam. Uh, and people booed me at the Broadberry. Uh, and a buddy of mine was going on a Tinder date with this girl later in the night. Uh, and she was going to see the PBR show. Uh, and he was, like, messaging with her. And he goes, oh, yeah, my buddy is doing comedy there. Um, did you get a chance to see him? And she goes, I don't know. When I walked in, there was some fat guy on stage. Everyone was booing. Is that him? <laughs> Like, oh, no. Yes, that was him. Oh, no. And he stopped trying to be so offensive in his comedy. It's comedy. Wow, what a good lesson, though. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing that kind of bugs me, because, like, I, and I get it, I do it to people, too, where I tell people to not be offensive, because it does. It alienates an audience, and it's hard to grow if they're not, people aren't on your side. It's hard to, to learn and get better if people are rooting against you. Uh-huh. So like, but it's a weird thing where like if people tell you that you you're like whatever, and yeah I think you have to fucking get hit in the face with it. Like oh yeah this is something yes. that is very real and I shouldn't do. Uh-huh. Well but, I mean I guess it also it I feel like kind of growing up and trying to be funny. Yeah. Can you just revert to mean? Because it's easy to make fun of someone. Yeah yeah and especially like when you feel like you read a room full of other mean people and you're like oh yeah everyone here's mean mean uh-huh. things gonna kill right now and then you try a mean thing and people look at you like you're a jerk like damn it yeah. <laughs> so it's, it, it's getting away from that like is is uh, is a transition yeah it's hard it's, it's yeah because that's what you've been defaulting to your whole life yeah being sarcastic because it's a survival thing like you're not thinking about like niceness you're like just don't please don't pants me like that's yeah, that's your, that's your. Mind. I'm not the weak one. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I won the verbal altercation. <laughs> you're the one getting pants. Yeah, right. Everyone's gonna see your underwear, not mine. Yeah, that's yeah. Cool. My name's written on the inside this time. <laughs> Band class was embarrassing. I played trombone, baby. <laughs> you did. Yeah. Used to use my trombone keys to get through the halls in sixth grade. I would just put it out in front of me and slam people in the back of the legs. I feel like I uh, I had one of you in my my school. Probably. Absolutely. That's a move. It's big enough to make waves, yep. but small enough that you can like justify it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You can like. It's not because it's not like a, a fucking. Well, yeah. 
it, it's big. It, you can. It's big enough to where you can actually put it somewhere, and pe- teachers aren't mad at you. Like if you leave your trumpet or your flute or your saxophone, people are like, "What the fuck is this?" But if you're like, "It's a trombone," like, because right, you're not gonna forget it. So yeah, like they're yeah. cool with it. Like because you put oh. it in the corner of the room, usually you're like in a spot like around. Where you have to like when you walk out, you yeah. see it. There's my trumpet. Whereas with your trumpet or your flute, you put it under your desk. Piccolo, forget about uh, it. <laughs> no one has ever been able to keep a piccolo. Nope. For without losing it for long. It's, it's like a day. chapstick. It's, you don't. You don't finish that thing. You lose it before you ever get to the end of it. <laughs> Nobody has ever finished their Wrong. own chapstick. Wrong. I owe my fiance fifty dollars because of this. What? I made this bet. You know what she did to me? She finished one. Yeah, and I'm, the more I get into this like uh, conspiracy theory shit, the more I'm like, that she's a liar. She put a, the same mark on another chapstick. Oh no! <sighs> but I can't live in that mindset. I can't live there. You can't live there. It's a fun room to play. <laughs> I gotta get out of this room. Get out. Of, don't live in that room. Live in the real room. Live in the <sighs> cheesecake room. Oh, it's more of a factory. Place. Oh. Child labor laws. <laughs> what? What did Cheesecake Factory do? Oh, you didn't hear? <laughs> this is going to be heartbreaking. It's so sad. Uh, child slaves up and down the East Coast. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And out of business? No, just for fun. They've been selling them <laughs> to people. Are they out of business? Oh no, they're still they're booming. Business is booming. Are you kidding me? <laughs> but it's, it's uh. Do they still? <laughs> I feel like you don't get it. Child slaves, they sell them. Do they, still, do they still do that? Yeah, you can get one right now. <laughs> Just go to the Etsy. <laughs> Wait, they're still doing this and like it's still happening? No. Okay, then you need to start at the beginning. You've been trying to piecemeal this to me. Like, 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 <laughs> I'm, no, gonna, like I'm gonna I, remember. There's no child slaves at Cheesecake Factory. They're doing fine. Cheesecake Factory's doing fine. I just wanted to spice things up. I was. Look, well, I told you, I'm believing everything you're telling me. I was just listening. <laughs> Sorry, with great power comes great responsibility. And like I, you got me on I really. Took line and sink. I was like, holy fuck, Cheesecake Factory. <laughs> what are what? you doing, Cheese? What am I. What did I miss? Their menu is huge and they sell children. <laughs> <laughs> These are the points you should know. I thought you meant that somehow the only way they could make their business run. <laughs> the worst <laughs> board meeting of all time. Secret child slaves. All right, let's see quarter three, boys. <laughs> Put it up on the board. God damn it, we're tailing out again. <laughs> Murray, you got that uh, nephew you work of yours working here now. Bring him in. What ideas does he have? Let's hear him. Oh, I think we should sell kids. <laughs> now, hold on. Let's hear him out. Uh, you hear notes rattling as papers shuffling. <laughs> Pizzagate. Webster's Dictionary defines. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <sighs> What's the deal with pho, man? <laughs> Is that a bit? Could be. <laughs> I don't really know. Never had it. Oh, really? Yeah, it's delightful. I have a documented uh, journey with food. Oh. I used to be a very picky eater. Oh, one of you work, types. Working my way out of it. Making your way downtown? Moving fast? fast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, headed homebound? <laughs> I like to play that song on piano. <laughs> you did, just for the little Just because a big fat guy playing fucking that Vanessa Carlton's... <laughs> Hit single on the piano, especially if it's just a random one somewhere. And I sit down and. 
It's just in B, guys. It's just a fun little romp in B. <laughs> you just gotta get into B. Just find that tonic. And get an octave it. up and rock that baby back and forth. That is an actual note to learn to play that song. Is it? Is it? Yeah, yeah. It's B, uh, then B again, and then it rocks back and forth. Dun, 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 dun. Between B and B. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really simple. It's wonderful. Wonderful, wonderful tune. It's, it's a real good music. earwig. <laughs> Wait, I gotta make a note to uh, make that the music. <laughs> I've been trying to. I've been, I had to listen to Bush's Glycerin oh. for a past episode. If, doesn't that song feel like it's it gonna get faster at some point? The entire song. I feel like <laughs> that song. I'm just waiting for it to like break out and be like do, but do 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 bow like into like a very much one. Never does. Glycerin. It wasn't even enjoy. That part wasn't even enjoyable. No, it's all bad. I've heard. I've heard like Bush one sucks, man, dude. one guitar kind of thing before, but like Bush sucks. Dude. <laughs> George Bush, Bush Beans, the band Bush. <laughs> now I don't want to go too far. <laughs> Let's league. just write in the name. <laughs> they kind of own it in the league. You know, frankly, good for them. We. That, that, that's a pretty non-Bush move. I'm being honest. This is the Bush, though. <laughs> it's the Bush. It's a great, great move on their part to non-Bush, but yeah. almost makes up for what shrubberies out there uh, doing. Fucking shrubberies, hedges. Fucking bushes. Nah, nah, no <laughs> topiaries. <laughs> no, thank you. It's a man about town. <laughs> I love a topiary. No, thank you. Is this escargot? No, thank you. <laughs> yeah, who is that? Who is that man around town who says no thank you in a, a very aggressive way? Valley parking? <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> He gets offered so many things. Sir, it's uh, $2.35 more for guacamole. <laughs> I'll have some. <laughs> who, who doesn't say yes to, to guacamole? <laughs> he doesn't say the like, guacamole. Guacamole. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, it's guacamole. Guacamole. <laughs> guacamole. Oh, good. I was hoping we'd get a little little something going on. Yeah, that lava lamp is, is lava in now. Yeah, shout out to you, Joe. I know Joe listens. He'll listen to this one. That Joseph man's a nice boy. Yeah, but I don't want to talk about him. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fair enough. At first, he was kind of feeling like happy that he got a shout out. Then we just slam yeah. it down, slam yeah, it down. Thanks. I heard he's part of the fucking cheesecake factory set up to sell children, so look out for that Joe guy. <laughs> yeah, ironically, Joe Freeman. Ah, uh, what? Uh, you would think with a name like that. No, thank you. <laughs> God. <laughs> Exit stage left. That <laughs> is a walk on. <laughs> okay. Um, how you feeling? Is there anything you want more? You want to talk about? We can get. We can. We, we have more time, but I want to gauge it. How, how are we feeling? I'm Real feeling good, man. I'm feeling loose. Feeling responsible for the problems in the environment. Uh huh. This isn't biodome, but it can be. Oh God, could it be? If, if you okay, if can you it, if you could biodome, 
One year. Yeah, would I? Would you? Yeah. Only if. Just only uh-huh. to make the references to the movie to myself. I would just walk you around. You and bring someone. You get. You get. You get, you, you get a plus one. I get a plus four. We're doing bio. I get five, and then what plus one? Okay, perfect. So, uh, do, I, do you want me to list the five people I would bring? If you want to, the famous people. Oh, so you just, you just this is magic. Yeah. No, this is me. Sorry, this bad. Excuse me. Excuse me. <laughs> this, this is, is me. Like you're taking this using my platform. Seriously. This is me using my platform as a bio uh, uh, explorer to bring famous people into right, my friend. Is one of them a camera person? What's going on here? One of them is not a camera person. Okay, we're really, we're rolling deep. Okay, so it Full would be uh, it would be uh, just the Mars Volta. So anticlimactic. Sorry. Be the Mars Volta and then my buddy Ricky. Why the Mars I don't know. I think there's five people in that band. And I felt the pressure. And I thought it would be witty. Uh, I thought I would connect with a certain audience. And I'm realizing that was a mistake on my part. So I'm going to back up and say less than Jake. Just the core members. <laughs> I don't need a full horn section. <laughs> the full horn section. Just give me... It's a touring horn section. We That's what that. I want. Thank you. We don't Thank need you. that. We don't, we're not touring right now. No. I want I want the in-club horn section. Give me a trombone and a trumpet. You, I can, don't, you can bring those, but I don't, like, I don't need a I'm sure, I'm sure most of y'all know. Like, oh, uh, yeah. Just give me the core. Who's, who's there on studio day? Right? That's what I want. That's what I want. That's what I want Roger. Oh, Roger. Okay. Absolutely. I want Roger slapping the bass. And then the other guys <laughs> in that band. <laughs> yeah. Uh... Craig, Craig's great. The Me Too stuff is a little much. Hey, but you know what? That, that's kind of how drummers are. They're kind of they're spotlight people and big they like dicks and, and lots of emotional problems. Yeah. So on brand, really good. Russell Brand, Craig. Uh, Russell Brand, the lead singer. Uh huh. Uh huh. Bill Russell, the uh-huh. basketball player. <laughs> William Tell. He's in the studio. Yep. He's part of it too. Uh, Teller from Penn and Teller. <laughs> also part of it as well uh, silent bob also included uh-huh. uh i would say um you know uh bob woodward famous reporter who broke the uh, nixon story uh-huh um, yep so woodward skateboarding camps would also be a very 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 big part of it it was sad when the when they, when they left genesis oh it's very sad but they did create magic in less than jake so that's very you know i always say genesis is a lot like heaven and hell right you got phil collins as the devil and you got peter gabriel as god okay and then they broke up the world changed uh-huh you know we got susu studio on one side and sledgehammer on the other i mean who are you going with i'll tell you right now i'm gonna go up to heaven and see my mima okay with peter gabriel oh really yeah Ooh, i'm gonna go get a tan with phil oh you're a no jacket required kind of guy. Uh, do you see a jacket on me? Right I don't. Now? I don't. <laughs> you don't. I don't. <laughs> if I'm being a hundred percent honest, I don't see a jacket on you right now. Uh, <laughs> I feel like you're getting my goose here. Okay. <laughs> what? Why is why is your goose out? Well, for two reasons. One. I run a cage-free goose farm, okay? okay so no my, goose, my, no goose, cages. my goose is always loose, okay? Two, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. his name's Clary, and you can ask him yourself. Clary! 
for us to Uh, Clary, I just want to know, I'm all up in uh, your goose, the goose, but uh, it's because you're loose. And I just need some answers as to why you're loose uh, sure. in my hoose. Clary, you want to go ahead and... Go fuck yourself, oh. Nick Sewell. Oh, wow. That is very unlike him. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, then. All right. I think I'm dying. I think I'm. Di- I think I'm dying. Oh, this lava lamp is going great. I, it's. I feel like it just started. I feel like the. I want to say that the when I mentioned it, that was the first little. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do your thing. Ooh, what is this? Ooh, that's a little thing. It's a little lava lamp. I'm telling you, Joe. Great call on the lava lamp. Joe, great call. We're all rooting for you. We're excited about yeah, what's to good. come. Okay. Um, how long have you been doing stand-up? Oh, six years about. Um, oh, six years about. Yeah, my uh, I had a Facebook memory come up of driving. I were, at eight months into stand-up, I drove to Colorado to do stand-up. To, from here? Yeah, uh, straight through with my buddy. Uh, what was the show? Uh, it was just to spend a week doing open mics. Uh, Denver has a wild, or did have a like an open mic scene where we were. I think we did twelve open mics in five days. Oh wow! Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, but I, so it was way way too early for me to be. I was out there just bombing my dick off. Oh no! Yeah, I used to have jokes about. Oh, I had a joke about a thesaurus. I said I. I got a new uh, thesaurus. It's pretty exciting. I'm sorry. A, a new word book. Uh, it's not the greatest thesaurus. People would do exactly what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm giving you an honest reaction. Listen, it is a bad joke. It's not a good joke. Word book. Because it's a bad thesaurus. See, it, 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 it doesn't have another name for thesaurus. I used to do a thing about uh, the best revenge uh, is to kill yourself and blame people for it, the people you hate, uh, like leave evidence impl- implicating them in your death. Uh, I used to have a whole thing about how sweatpants help your penis express itself because, you know, uh, stand up is big. Looking no, back, no. looking yeah. back on the cringe, man, it's the cringe. Yeah, that's, what, like, I, that's what I was saying. You're like, woof. And it's crazy because I have it written down in notebooks. So like a serial killer, someone would find my notebooks one day and see things like sweatpants, penis, uh, revenge, suicide. <laughs> like Suicide, revenge. You know, just like insane shit. Yeah, well, I mean, do you ever try to rework that? Do you ever try to like, because I feel like, um, so obviously like a podcast is more permanent. This is a conversation kind of thing. But with with jokes, you can form a new perspective with a fun premise. Yeah. So do, do you ever like think about going and doing that? Or just, or, I don't know. I I went through the the turmoil of my short stint of doing stand up. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I felt like every night I had to have a new five minutes. No, and I just felt the pressure. That's the the biggest trap I see with new people, where they're like, "I have to do new jokes. I have to do new jokes." I 
just listened to like my buddy Winston uh, Winston Hodges. Shout out. Um, uh, made me like a few months ago actually like watch an old set of mine oh really uh yeah and i had i hate watching myself but um, sure, yeah. i just fucking hate it and um so like there's jokes that i still do in that and they're totally i mean they're very different than how they were in, in that um old recording but it's fascinating to me because a part of me gets upset i'm like well fucking a year and a half and i'm still doing the same joke uh-huh. like the same premise essentially uh but then another part of me gets excited because like the newer version of it is like it's much tighter and it's a thing that you have to keep doing your old jokes and you have to keep trying to work them out um but it's also the balance of knowing when like this ship is sinking and see i think that's the thing (coughs) that to me prevents me from getting into stand-up more i feel like um i feel like with 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 jokes yeah there's a time where you don't do them anymore and then that kind of goes away and I know like improv is so like temporary but I guess the thought of putting in time into something and letting it go or failing I don't know I just feel like I'd rather bomb a show and come out next week and be like okay well I'm doing all new shit so yeah I don't know I just feel like Stand up. It just doesn't work the way that like improv has. What improv has given me. Improv right. has given me this return on my investment. Mm-hmm. Whereas I feel like stand up won't give me the return that I actually yeah. want. To get that in stand up is like a, um like I feel like in improv you get with the right people early on, and you can really find. Uh, like I feel like what I kind of how I'm been able to kind of get to where I am is like I got really lucky with that fucking team, and I was able to listen and absorb and like be a part well, of the patchwork i'll say it publicly too because I've, I've i've said it to enough people but it's like i remember talking to anthony about it and he was telling me that you were like asking for feedback yeah like breaking down like this <clears throat> don't don't be polite tell me i can get back yeah yeah i want i want this honest feedback and then give it to you and then like it actually helped yeah that's like so well, yeah especially the first like two months of i feel like well it's the first like couple weeks cause i feel like everyone's very nice in improv uh-huh. and it's hard sometimes to get an honest answer in the way that you get with stand-up where i if i go tell jokes to strangers i'm gonna know at the end of it if they liked it or not yes. it's hard in the basement when everyone you're vibing off each other and you're all having a good time and you're laughing and you're like this is funny to us but you know what I mean? Like, to, if you're not getting real feedback from the people within it about what like, you're doing. Yeah, okay, okay, I had fun, but here's the technical side of it yeah. that you just haven't had the exposure to. Exactly. I have been through this many classes. I have seen this many shows. Right. I have done this workshop, I've done this research, had this weird set experience. Exactly. Like, let me share my knowledge with you. And I guess when you don't have that, it's like, it's nice to like, okay, give, give me some like quick lessons that can make me better and then let's work on some stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So you're, I'm saying your approach has been fantastic. Like, that's why you're so good. That's why your team's fun. Like, why? Thank you, man. I appreciate that. It's been, it's been like un, unbelievably fun. Yeah. Like, it's been so much fun. Like, I don't know. It's a lot of fun. I'm, I love to act, and I feel like I don't get to do that as much as I'd like to in stand-up. Yeah. Uh, and there's just times, like, I find myself now just acting and, like, not even thinking about a punch, which is a weird thing for me, and just, like, being in the scene. When you're when you're doing improv? Yeah, yeah. And it feels nice. 
Well, yeah, because you're kind of doing the whole discover together thing. Exactly, and yeah. and it's like there's, no, there's no punch to think of. Yeah, exactly. And it's yeah, it's it's review. It's it is nerve wracking and uh, relieving at this all at the same time. It's fascinating. Is it why? Why do you feel it's relieving? What makes you say relieving? Because I don't have. There's no onus on me. Every time I get, if I go to, if I'm doing stand up, the onus is on me to have a, a punchline set up to have information for the audience, to be able to gauge the audience, to do like 18 things at once. And the beauty of stand-up, it's almost like we're all agreeing to row the boat. Like, I don't have to worry about where the boat's going. Because like, if we all row together, we're going to go where we're supposed to go. Yeah. Everyone does the same the same thing. Or like the... The, the, thing, the thing we've agreed on. We've practiced. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And we I, know how we want this to go. And so like... I don't know. It's it, it feels great in that sense because like I, and I think that's why I'm really enjoying doing both so much right now because they both give me so much doing different things. Exactly. Yeah. Like I can wipe the slate clean every sat or every other Saturday and be like, doesn't matter what we were doing before. I don't have to do our old jokes. We just go up there and we get a suggestion and then then here we go. Um, and then with stand up, I have the home of like these are my my tools that I've, I've sharpened and like they may hit or they may not hit tonight but like I'm going to get what I put into it back out like in the same way that I get with improv but with different inputs and outputs if that makes sense because both call yeah. for the same thing both call for uh, self-reflection and grind to be like, cause like and it's a, it's a stupid thing people are like what do you do at improv practice if you make uh-huh. all this shit up and it's like Yo, bro. The bro. fucking dead jam out hard to songs. But you gotta know what key you're in before you start throwing down Mixolydians, bro. <laughs> and, oh, goddamn. Jerry! Um, uh, Jerry's the worst. <laughs> you take that back. No. You take it back. No, I won't. I won't uh, um, uh, take me to the hotel. Um, huh? But yeah, I don't know, man. It's been it's been really good. It's been really fucking good. Yeah, you guys do a lot of great support stuff. So it feels like it's natural. It feels really good, and I, I really hope that I get to do more stuff with these people. And I, it makes me sad that it's almost over because yeah. I feel like it just started. But yeah, I feel like they're really trying to play this idea of only committing, only being expected to do what you're committed to. But I feel like. I don't. I wouldn't. I couldn't name anyone who I think necessarily wants to be done. But right, I don't know. It feels like everyone's really enjoying. All the house teams seem to be enjoying themselves. I think so. I think we're putting on good shows. I don't know. I guess that's maybe this is a little inside, but like this is the this is the perspective. It's right. just like this is where we're at. We're doing really good shows. It's a great spot. Yeah, it's nice to have a Saturday repeating thing. It feels really good because like our people. Always when you when I'm doing like a book stand up show, like what are your dates? What's coming up? And like stand up is so sporadic. I'm like, ah. I don't know, man. November fourteenth. I'm at Titty McGiddy's. Like, check me out at twelve thirty. I go on fifth. <laughs> I um, think <laughs> I'll be there. I'm after the ventriloquist. Check it out. Uh, <laughs> but like, would be like, oh, every other Saturday at the Coalition Theater it feels so fucking nice to be able to say to people, yeah, be like, yeah, yeah check it out. Yeah. Like, yeah, it feels nice. First and third, second and fourth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Woot, 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 woot. It's it, it's it is nice having a show. Yeah, I don't know. 
I, I mean, I guess what what was what got you into performing? I don't know. Um, my, my grandfather always filmed stuff, and I always wanted to be in front of the camera. And I think that just kept going to like adulthood. Like I always tried out for plays. I always did theater stuff. Like I did sports a bunch, but there was always like a backdrop of chorus uh, in like church. Like I always sung in the kids' chorus or like. Um, in high school, I did like you know, when I was still playing sports. I did the off-season, like weird plays that were, we had like two theater teachers. One who was like the golden child, and one who was kind of like the whatever you take the sub stage. Yep. Uh, and I, the first two years, worked with the like the B teacher, and we just do weird stuff, like bad productions of Shakespeare stuff, and like I remember we did As You Like It, and I played uh, the old man, and they like did my paint job, my face, and the lady was like a. A fourteen-year-old lady was like, "I'll do the makeups," and like fucking put just these black lines all over my face. She's like, "Well, from the back of the audience, it'll look much more convincing." But I was like, "Well, we only have fifty people showing up for the show." <laughs> the back of the audience—that's <laughs> so interesting because I mean, I guess that—I guess it checks out the kind of thing where where I'm at now with with getting into doing this. Like, I don't think I was doing any kind of me and i can't even take it back to like i mean maybe when i was pedicabbing maybe if you count sport yeah 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 yeah. well i mean sports feels very much it's a performance like i mean i i play football i play lacrosse and in lacrosse like i play goalie and a big part is like talking to your team your defense about where the ball is and i feel like it almost turned into like bits of me like shouting weird things because it would fuck with the other team or like just make your teammates like have more fun exactly and then like to get someone to because like if someone wasn't talking because they're nervous like to be able to break in and be like say something weird to them where they're like oh yeah no it's yeah yes here it's over here yes you know you get people that's Brandon back there yeah shouting about something weird yeah just like he always says oh my god lizard people yeah 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. why does he keep eating the chalk um, from the field put that down <laughs> See, that, yeah, I guess that does make sense. I mean, <clears throat> I guess I, I guess <laughs> it's as simple as saying I've always been a bit of a drama, drama queen. Yeah, kind right. Of thing. So it's like a hard thing to admit, but it's kind of like, yeah, I feel like that that's just so on brand. Like no one, no one who knows me and is listening is going to be like, what? Yeah, right. Yeah, no yeah. way. Yeah. You. I think it's like a, it's the magnet that separates where just all of the people who need the attention who eventually find stand-up or improv or karaoke or... Yeah. It's also funny to think about because being so deep into the improv community, not realizing what it looks like. Yeah. I started watching Barry. Yeah, is that good? I like it. People I just, I just finished rave about it, but people have argue if it's a comedy or not. Um... It's a. It was described to me as a dramedy. Interesting. Um, but it kind of, uh, I guess, spoiler alert, spoil part of the main plot that uh-huh. you find out quickly. There's this acting class, and it is perceived to be this what it, it's really lame thing, right? Where they do tiny sections of like one tiny scene of a play, and it's the biggest deal, right? And they have practice, and it's this whole thing, and it almost feels like they're poking fun, drawing inspiration from the times that these writers or whatever were in improv classes, yeah. 
And it's just like it's it's a little hard to sit through. It's yeah. like, oh no, is this what my friends think I'm doing? Is this what they Oh god is this what I look like? It is I will say that is the biggest thing people have said to me since starting to do like is like, Are you ready to be part of the cult? Like you're going into the theater now. Like yeah. it's time to be a part of oh, the it's theater. A cult for sure. You know, but it is, it kind of feels and not in like a our cult a, beverage is a genesee. <laughs> Come on. Not, not like in a bad way, but it's like, because it is, it's like a family. Because everyone in there, yeah. like, you, you have to connect with each other. That's how you get better at, at like, sharing a stage with people. Yeah, you, you can't share a stage with someone you're not friends with. Exactly. It, it, it comes across very fucking quickly to an audience. And it's, it's not fun for anybody. So, like, it's weird. And I get it. And especially from a stand-up world where it is like, go fuck yourself. Like... I, I know when I started doing stand-up, the people who were doing stand-up, like, a, I remember one of them telling me, and he was a sweet dude, really nice guy. Like, at, about a year, he was like, uh, I feel like I can talk to you now. And I was like, why? He's like, well, most people quit in six months, so I just thought it didn't matter to talk to you until, like, you at least got through that. And it wasn't in a mean way. It was, And I understand that feeling because it is tiring, the amount of people that sub in and sub out. Like, I imagine that kind of the amount of people that take one improv class and never take another improv class. Like, well, what's funny is you, you don't see most of them. What do you mean? The most people in the classes? Yeah, because yeah, I guess that's true. Unless you're teaching, TAE. Yeah, because when you're at the show, right? You or or at the theater at the same time, they're walking out awkwardly. Yeah, because there's not really like we either either get to go out the back door or we only feel comfortable going out the front door because we never go in the green room kind of thing. Interesting. Yeah. So the thing is, is like um, when people come up to the classes. Start to feel comfortable to hang out, and then they were leave. But honestly, not many people like show up and then leave. It's mostly like they either show up with the people in their class that they're comfortable with uh-huh. because they show up, or they just are never there. Interesting. So it's only when like select few people are out that they're like, "I'm here because I got invited because I like these people." Yeah. Oh, weird. It's just weird how the hierarchies are very different, but it's all the same stuff. Like it's all the same. It's funny being so ingrained in it that I have like the pulse of it I feel like I have a decent understanding, understanding of yeah. some of it right right right, right. But I guess that's the fun thing that's the fun part about being that's a, I guess that's what makes this podcast's perspective different is <clears throat> yeah it's improv and yeah it's Richmond Virginia take that however you want yeah but uh, you know it's it's mappable I guess yeah it makes thing, and I mean that's the same thing with the comedy scene. It makes it feel so much more real yeah. that you could like. It's almost like a tabletop game where it's like, oh yeah, I could roll out and give you like this weird like the history oh, of yeah. the comedy scene, like you know what I mean. And and yeah. it feels like that when new people come in and you're someone who's been around for a while and you have to explain like, this is why I'm relevant. This is why we don't do this. This is why this person is in jail. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I feel like it is the whole thing. Yeah. Right. But also, like, there's also this kind of thing where you have to kind of prove it, too. Yeah, and it feels weird. Um, On both sides. Yeah, because I can, in stand-up especially, I was actually talking to my buddy about this, um, where new people come in, and especially in open mics, where you, like, a part of you, I don't know if it's ego or what, but wants to do well in front of them so they know that you know what you're doing. Uh-huh. Uh, and then another party is like, well, it's an open mic, and I'm here to work on new material. So it's this weird thing where, like, if you're out for a little bit and you come back and people are like, who the fuck is this person? And you're like, well, I have 15 minutes of, like, tested material, like, uh, but I'm going to do five minutes of brand new stuff because, like, 
I need to versus like, well, I want to show these people that like I'm not just some dink who comes around and is like, oh, yeah, I know about stand up. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, well, and, that, and, and that's that's the beautiful thing about improv is every chance you have a chance to bring your A game yeah. to have a stellar set. Yeah. So, <clears throat> yeah, God, that's fucking. That's what they say. It's like a lifeline. That's what I'm saying. Is I've got to get better at balancing the time between the two, but I feel like this has been really good for me. Do you, actually, do you actually have a set tonight? Yeah, yeah. Fallout. What time? Um, whenever. It's. Uh, I think the show starts at ten. All right. Well, then we'll we'll, we'll enter the end phase of this show. Sorry, I just opened up my phone to Grizzly Man. I forgot that. I <laughs> said that to you. <laughs> okay, so this is season five of my show. Damn, dude, you put out some fucking podcasts. Uh, yeah, this is episode, this will be episode 84. Nice. Yeah. Doing it for almost, over two years. Nice. I'm like, this like the Lumberyard. Yeah. 84, I think. Is the no, one. no, no. I like that. I like numbers. Antonio Brown. Fucking crazy person. Um, okay. So, <clears throat> at first, I was asking the guests. Uh, you listen to Joe's, I don't know if you finish it. But I was asking yeah. about how... I should end my show because uh-huh. I've had variants. Season one and two, I did the what's the weirdest thing in my room because I lived entirely out of my room. I didn't have anything in the common space. Uh-huh. I covered my walls and shit. Season three and four, I was in, season three. I was in a studio in my house mm-hmm. and it was bare. And season four, I acquired gifts and started putting stuff up. But so I stopped doing the weird thing in the room thing and started. <clears throat> I think I think the, I, don't, I don't think I really had anything. I don't really remember. But anyway, so uh, I started taking ideas, and I've culminated into three things. So I have uh, three things you have to get to. Okay. Uh, the first thing is going to be um, we're doing another weirdest thing in the room thing. Okay. I'll veto your first two choices if they've been picked, and then I'll explain it real quick. The second thing is going to be how you would end the show if you had a choice. And then the third thing is because you've been staring at that painting this whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which you, it's it's intentional. Yeah. Um, I want you to describe it. Okay, sure. So, all right. So three weird things. Yeah. Start. One. One. Yeah. Pick. One, pick. Pick, okay. pick. The weird. The That's weirdest right. thing, and then then um, we'll go from there. Right. Okay. <clears> so let's see. Oh. Let's. Well. Um. That coffee mug that has all of your incense in it, does it say Lagoon on it? It says Las Vegas. That's a Las Vegas mug. So when I lived in Utah, um, it was 40 minutes to Mesquite, Nevada, okay. which is like a small gambling town. And then uh, from my house, two hours to Vegas. That is wonderful. So we would drive all the time and go to like Circus Circus. Sure. And go play games and yeah, yeah. do whatever. It was, it was fun. It was yeah. definitely a fun memory. But they had, I don't remember exactly what the game was, but they had this system where if you win a mug, if you, you win a game, you win a mug. Right. And if you win six mugs, you can trade it in for a Razor scooter. What? <laughs> it's okay. 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 And I ended up with seven mugs. Uh, so you got a win? It might have been eight. But so I still have one of those mugs to say, and I got the scooter. I was going to say, where's the scooter? <laughs> the scooter's gone. Oh, now. man. That did not make it through my childhood. <laughs> I do. I do actually have my first skate. My uh, my skateboard. My original skateboard. What kind of deck is it? Uh, let me see. Skateboarding. Skate. Skate. Skateboarding. 
Uh oh. Check it out. Check it out. It's got a big audio sticker on it. Yep. Um, looks like we're rocking some bullet trucks. Oh, don't know. You've never heard of that before. Wow. I don't even know if that shit would still work. Okay, so I see the 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 tag from when you uh, shipped it. I don't know what kind of board this is. I can't see under the stickers. I'm trying to remember the skateboard company in southern Utah. Oh, I bet was it a local shop? I think it was a local shop. Nice. Oh, dude, I see the audio sticker going on here. I spray painted it. I okay. covered it with tape and spray painted even it. Even better, even better. Uh, uh, I spray painted my grip tape to say, get wrecked in green, because I was a real cool boy. I never had the audacity to uh, spray paint the deck, but I did draw a line. Actually, no, I did spray paint it. Oh, nice. You got your, for your flips? This is the back. Nice, 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 nice. This is the front, this is the back. Um, and then do a dot on the front. Beautiful. A dot and then a line and then apparently beautiful. Looks like it's a 7.75, maybe a 7.5, depending on the deck size. Not sure. Not, Not sure. Unsure. Cannot confirm with that actually fucking measuring. And I was an eight, eight and a quarter kind of guy. I got a size 12 shoe. Hard to put on a skateboard. Just saying. Great pick. Wow. Solid. <laughs> Solid. I, I kind of wish I could give a shout out to that skateboard company. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, number two, uh-huh. how would you end the show? Um, I, I like the way that they end uh, the Actors um, Guild or the Actors Studio, James Lipton or whatever, where he had those like three questions. Like, I like having a base question thing that you give to everyone. Mm-hmm. Like he has that thing. It's like a. If you met God, what would you say to God? What would you hope God said to you? Uh, I can't remember where they are, but it's like a famous set of questions that like a um, someone used to, to ask all of their interviewees. Um, and James Lipton from Inside the Actors Studio would end his shows with. But I, I love that kind of thing uh, where it's a baseline question and you can compare people's answers um, where you don't give like uh, any explanation of the questions. That way it's up to pure interpretation. And it's like it really uh, a fun way to kind of like see where everyone sits. He's got James Lipton's questionnaire has ten questions. On oh it. wow! Bernard Pivot's questionnaire has ten questions. Oh wow! Uh, did he, does that name ring a bell? That sounds like something he would, would say. This is from Bernard Pivot, an actor, <laughs> much like my students, <laughs> lost in time, still finding his way. Through love, magic, and lemons. <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll do one question from the James Lipton's questionnaire, <laughs> okay. according to ITOTD.com. All right. Uh, pick a number one through ten. Nine. What profession would you not like to do? <sighs> you can do it in the voice if you want. I would hate. <laughs> Rest in peace. Yeah. Uh, I would hate to be a veterinarian, and not that it's not important work or hard work. There's just like pets, uh, children, and food. You, no matter how good you are, someone is going to complain about it. Yeah. Uh, and pets, especially people, like, and it's. Like, I would feel like I'd get to a point where I'm like, it's just a dog, and like that would feel so bad. 
because uh, it's not just a dog, but it's also you can't do. It's not if you're a pediatric surgeon, you can't be like it's just a kid. Uh, and if you're like if you're a vet, it's just a meal. <laughs> exactly, the server. You can kind of write it off a little bit uh, more. And I feel like that would because it's sort of like who cares, whatever. It's just a th- it's thankless. It's a hard fucking job, and it's fucking thankless. And it makes me mad. To, uh, we don't pay those people a living wage. Um, but. Okay, he's a real Bernie Sanders here. <laughs> right? It's me. It's me. It's all a secret. Uh, I'm a huge liberal. Lizard Giant liberal lizard man. Um, but yeah, it, uh, the vet, you're just fucked. You're, you're fucked if you do. You're fucked if you don't. You can't take the pills, but you want to take the pills. It's a hard one. I wouldn't want to do it. I like that. That's a good, that's a good like, uh, ending thing. Well... We've come to my favorite part. I love this painting very much. I made it the centerpiece. It has the it has the best section, the best wall. It's the only thing that is alone. And I've had everyone describe it, and it's been amazing. So take it away. Um, so for a point of reference uh, that I'm, I'm pretty sure you won't get because of the movie situation. Sure. Um, they live... Uh, it's a very sunglasses on they live style skeleton uh, it seems to be eating a sloppy joe made entirely out of worms while its exposed brain is being sucked on by what I can only describe as some kind of brain lamprey as we move down this, <laughs> this wonderful I would say uh, third shot framing of a a portrait of a skeleton businessman we notice he has a necktie that's been torn asunder uh, as his exposed torso shows it is entirely made of cogs, wheels, widgets and other uh, simple physical tools uh, inside of that there seems to be a small extended go-go gadget-esque hand yeah. uh, holding out what looks to be I would say a one dollar bill it looks to be a George Washington on the bill uh, coming out from the, the the gears inside of this skeleton. Uh, that is a fascinating painting. I think you're saying that. That was amazing. I love that. That was such a great description. Woo! You only missed... The only detail I felt like you missed was my favorite part, which is the background. The background is delightful, but that leads into the They Live. Uh, okay, yeah. yeah. So you did mention that. Perfect. So, so um, someone got that, that movie, a Rowdy Roddy Piper, uh, mm-hmm. has glasses that allow him to see that there's aliens that live all around him that are skeletons. Holy... And at one point, he walks into a bank, shit. and he says, uh, I... I like to do two things, chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I am all out of bubblegum. Yeah, yeah. That's where that comes from. How does that movie end? I'm never going to watch it. Oh, I don't... I think he stops them from invading because the whole thing is that they use uh it's very like 1980s like go fuck yourself because uh, it's like basically they're using the aliens are using advertising to get subliminal messages in everyone's head and these sunglasses help him see that all like the pepsi billboards are really just saying like submit and like yeah 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 oh my God. so you just you a south park fan uh no okay no i like book of mormon uh so there's like a whole episode where they literally rip off a fight scene from that movie beat for beat shot for shot uh yeah they live they live damn what a reference. someone <laughs> appreciates the reference i hope that i hope that this finds those people 
It's for Nathan. Nathan Bemis. You should, make, just you, for should, you should tell him that he should. At the end, at the end, shout oh, out to you, my dude. You know what? I think that. His reference senses are tingling right now, and until yeah, he so finds this episode, he will not feel whole. Whatever he's doing tonight, he just <laughs> dropped a dish as he was cleaning at home. <laughs> so something's wrong. Something feels. It's the ionosphere. No, wait, it's a reference. Why am I getting the message? Eight days. Eight days. <laughs> oh no. Oh. Well. Uh, this is awesome. Jonathan, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, the episode ends. You just say goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everyone. I love you. Thank you. And it tasted just like This episode is brought to you by the RVA Podcast Network. Find more information at rvapodcast.org.